Welcome, everybody, to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out there in Internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. No, your ears do not deceive you. Yes, that was a brand new <laughs> intro. New season, new intro. LFG, we're on. We're on it, baby. Whoop, whoop. We're going to go. So how uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, Hans, how about you, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a struggle right now because, uh, you know, new year, new me. But right now, I don't have no uh, video, so uh, I can see your shining faces, but you cannot see mine, and it's driving me nuts. But, um, you know, I'm here. Uh, you can hear me, which is the most important part, uh, but doing well. Uh, you know, like I said, New Year. Hope everyone has had a good New Year, good holiday. Um, this is the first time in 2023 we're recording, so nice to see you guys i know even though we do work in the same office but we have uh i haven't seen you i feel like i haven't seen you guys in a couple weeks it's know. been a while for sure um there's, there's car naps I, i'm giving them up <laughs> that's the resolution huh no more yep, car naps. It's, uh, i'm one for one so we're doing pretty good so far <laughs> nice uh hair how are you doing tonight I'm after hearing that wonderful new intro. I'm, I'm vibing, man. I'm ready to go. Uh, I uh, absolutely love it. Uh, I hope the 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 listeners do as well. Uh, but I'm I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, tis the season to uh, get back to the daily grind of you know no events to go to or friends to see. Um, back to the five days a week soon um, at the office if if you're a nine to fiver. But yeah, we made it through the holidays. Uh, everybody's okay. Um, no bad weather, which is always a plus for me. I mean, I guess that'll be coming maybe in February because uh, I always get tricked. There's always like this lull, I feel like, in December where weather starts to relax and then all of a sudden uh, creep up again. So, um, but yeah, man, it just it just allows for, for great time to uh, catch up on some content, which uh, I think is uh, the best thing to do. True, true. Uh, man, I don't know about you guys. The weather here, uh, well, I mean, you guys, uh, Harry and Hans, I know you're experiencing similar weather, but for the listeners who are not. Greg's in, about 30 miles away from me. Uh, Greg, <laughs> tell me what the weather's like up there. Uh, well, for the listeners who are not living in uh, the northeast of the United States, it has been unseasonably warm, and I am not feeling it. Like, it it plays havoc with uh I don't know my my sinuses and senses and all that stuff. So, look, it's January. Like, give me cold weather. I'm not asking for snow. I just want the cold weather. Uh, but like today, what about it was fifty like degrees. degrees? Yeah, I feel like if it's no, like ten 50's degrees, fifty's too high. Fifty's too high. Yeah, mm. it's got to be thirties, forties, my guy. Like that's uh, January might weather. Might be a little too cold. Right, so I hate, uh, I hate the cold. I hate the cold weather. But like today, I, I when I went to the, I was going in the office. I walked outside and like. 645 and i didn't need a jacket so it, it threw me off because mm. this time next week i'm gonna need a jacket probably and it's yeah just, and, and yeah I, I like with you this is one of my allergies and I'm, I'm gonna end up getting sick at least probably in the next two weeks so yeah is what i don't it is. need a balmy january like yeah no, no that's okay um additionally on top of that you might hear it in my voice but i've been struggling with illness uh the past two weeks so 
my holidays, while I was thankful I got to spend them with um, my immediate family, being my wife and daughter, uh, we're all sick. <laughs> so it hasn't exactly womp, been womp. A, a great time. Uh, we didn't get to visit with the rest of our family. And, you know, it's been uh, balancing work and life uh, while uh, not feeling hot has for an extended period of time has uh, not been fun. But uh, that's neither here nor there. What is here is, as Harry alluded to, we uh, we had plenty of time over winter break to catch up on content, to see some stuff we haven't seen before, uh, and rewatch some stuff that we have. Uh, no better time than to just hunker down and blast through movies and TV. So, especially Captain Sicko over there, you're just <laughs> at the house in front of the TV. Mom, mom and mom and daughter napping and it's like what's what's papa gonna do i don't know maybe put on a movie oh 100 for sure like i not only you know we're we're gonna be focusing on the movie and tv aspect of things as we do but uh but even like comic books i've been reading a lot more comic books recently wow. and then uh uh call of duty i've been um I play that pretty regularly, so I've been uh, banging out gold and platinum uh, camos for all my guns. So what a hero! I know, I know. I just uh, look. The world doesn't stop whether I'm sick or not, so I might as well take advantage of the time I've got on it. Um, <laughs> but let's move on. Let's dive in. That's what we're here for, right? We're going to talk some content. So I will kick it off uh, with some some stuff that uh, <clears throat> maybe. Uh, you guys have not seen before and just a heads up this this episode we're going to be talking about a lot of different things some things we're going to be diving into spoilers for and others we're not so i will give you guys a heads up when we're going to talk about content that does have spoilers otherwise just assume no spoilers we're just going to be talking general uh broad strokes um so with that being said uh one of the pieces of content that I watched um, over the course of the break was the movie Land. Uh, it came out in 2021 and stars uh, Robin Wright Penn, who also directed it. Um, this was an interesting one. Uh, have either of you guys seen Land before? No, never heard only, of it. Yeah, only at the uh, Walt Disney World where I uh, am living with Land. <laughs> Um, that is, I usually that see that about. I was thinking about saying something like that once every few I years. Think of the land, yeah. Um, so it kind of looks uh, so, familiar to a movie, but you go ahead and uh, go ahead and talk about it, and I will look that one up that I'm thinking about. Okay, so I mean, with this this movie, I had actually never heard of it either, and the way that I found out about this is I'm a, I'm a heavy music guy. Listen to a ton of music. Um listeners you guys know i'm always talking about the score the soundtrack for movies and uh i actually i listened to a playlist on spotify called cinematic chill out and it's got a lot of just great single tracks from various scores and a track from this movie popped up and i just i fell in love with it it was just so unique sounding i had it on repeat and finally i'm like you know what i gotta see what this is attached to and sure enough, it was uh, from the movie Land, um, and I found that Land was streaming on HBO Max, so I decided to 
give it a spin. Um, just a little uh, description of the film. Uh, Edie, in the aftermath of an unfathomable event, finds herself unable to stay connected to the world she once knew. And in the face of that uncertainty, retreats to the magnificent but unforgiving wilds of the Rockies. After a local hunter brings her back from the brink of death, she must find a way to live again. So I'm kind of a uh, sucker for like survival and wilderness movies. And I even have kind of a uh, <laughs> a fantasy of, you know, being a mountain man. Um, for the, I mean, you guys can't see, but I, I have a uh, Your beard says otherwise. Beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, rest assured, if I had any survival skills whatsoever, uh, nature survival skills, I would be living somewhere far away from civilization and out in the wilds, living mm, the mountain. Good to know life. you. Um, yeah. But uh, but so I think that that certainly played into uh, my enjoyment of this movie. I, I did uh, like it a lot. I found um, Robin Wright. <sighs> And, uh, you know, she's a, she's a solid actress. I've seen her in uh, plenty of other uh, picks, but uh, her performance in this was a little bit uneven. Um, the story was pretty good, but it's a little bit slow. I felt like maybe it needed another 10 or 15 minute scene or subplot to just kind of give it more pep and you know normally i'm one who is a stickler for run times and it's like hey if it's unnecessary trim it down and let's keep it tight and everything but this one i just it it felt like there was maybe maybe an element of danger that was missing i mean there is a slight bit of danger in the movie but um mm. but it's more of a emotional journey that you follow uh robin right on rather than a physical one uh, Damien Bashir is the other lead actor, uh, in the film and he was just tremendous. Uh, absolutely loved him. Um, and I don't know, like the name sounds familiar, but I don't recall seeing him in anything else, I guess. Oh, you know what? He was in, uh, Godzilla versus Kong and, and hateful eight. So there was a few films I've yeah. seen him in, but kind of like a background player, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed the film. I, I gave it three stars. I would say if you, similar to me, are into, uh, you know, nature survival picks, as well as uh, emotional stories, um, this might be the film for you. So check that out. Uh, I'll move on to another one I saw, which is was... The Invitation. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it reminded me uh, of a similar movie I saw a couple of years ago called Herself, which uh, basically the story of that is a young mother escapes her abusive husband and fights back against a broken housing system. She sets out to build the house, uh, her own home, and in the process rebuilds herself, her life and rediscovers herself. So um, not saying, you know, paint one one brush the same, but uh, they, just the, the way the poster and kind of the story you were telling – reminding me of that and if you go on imdb and it says hey if you watch this more like this and uh both of them are on each of them so uh Go yeah figure. another another recommendation there for anybody who uh, likes that type of story nice this sounds like i and i don't know like is this it sounds like into the wild a little bit where she like goes off the grid and i don't know if anyone's seen that with emile hirsch she came out like a while life that, that, that he wants to live yeah. yes basically <laughs> just give it all I'll up stay and... away from the mushrooms <laughs> yeah 
Um, it's, it's, it kind of sounds like that. Um, I, I haven't, I've, like I said, I never heard of land. I, I love into the wild. It's, it's, I probably would consider it in my top 20 favorite movies. Um, so, uh, I mean, this is something that it sounds vaguely similar to it. So, um, I'll have to check it out. I like Robin, Wright. Quick, uh... Yeah, I, I'd say there's definitely like some similarity to that more so in the first half of the picture. But, but yeah, I think if you, if you liked that movie, you would probably enjoy land also quick, uh, into the wild story, uh, back when Netflix allowed, uh, DVDs, uh, to be yeah, your yeah. <laughs> second method of, uh, <laughs> I guess receiving movies that was next. To well, my that was queue. their first, right? DVD. Well, it started yeah, out as yeah. DVD. I guess you're right. You're right. Um, they uh, that was next to my queue, and it came to me, and uh, I owned it for about two years. Um, <laughs> never watched it. Uh, lost it. Had to pay for it, um, and it basically was like, hey, if you ever return this, uh, you know, we'll refund you your money. So I ended up finding it, mailed it back. Um, yeah. Did so you, did you get your money back? No. I did, yeah, I did. I, I mean, I didn't wow. really track it, but I'm pretty sure they did give me my money back. So, did, have yeah. you, did you have you watched it yet? No, I have not. Okay, I'll let you borrow it. I have it. I have like two All copies. Right. If you want, there one. we go. You can have it. All right. So, if you were part of Netflix's original DVD rental service and your rates went up uh, for two years, we know the reason why. <laughs> yeah, pretty Harry much. Yeah, I was keeping physical keeping films. Charging me whatever they're uh, charging me to own. I probably paid like two hundred dollars for Into the Wild. Um. Uh, so another film I saw uh, was The Invitation uh, from 2022, directed by Jessica M. Thompson and starring Natalie Emanuel. Uh, the the summary of this movie: After the death of her mother, Evie is approached by an unknown cousin who invites her to a lavish wedding in the English countryside. Soon she realizes a gothic conspiracy is afoot and must fight for survival as she uncovers twisted secrets in her family's history. Um, didn't really enjoy this. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's, it's a horror movie and I'll flat out say, cause I, I think you can tell from the trailers, uh, it's a vampire movie. On top yeah. Of that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed uh, Natalie Emanuel in the lead. Um, you guys might have seen her That's in the Furious fame. Yep, the more recent stuff. Game um, of Thrones. Yep. Yes, but uh, so she, Chris, she did that. really well in the lead. <laughs> um, what's that? Chris doesn't watch Game of Thrones. He said that like <laughs> he's on my TV page probably now. You can't see my face right now. But, I mean, uh, yes, wrong, you're, you're not wrong. I am on her IMDb page because I want to see who she played. So I, I want to act like I know what I'm talking about. Well, no, it's just, you uh, know, Game of Thrones isn't your two. It's not. So the movie itself, I I don't know. I just found it like super, super boring. Um, Not exactly what you're looking for with a vampire movie. It just it didn't have a ton of uh, like gore. Um, which I believe it was rated PG-13, uh, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, mm. wasn't really scary. So, like, then what are you left with? Um, it's just really slow, and it has some some twists uh, that I'm not going to reveal because I don't want to get into spoilers, but um, I just I found them uninspired. Uh, if there's one good thing I can say about the movie... Um, I was not expecting it to be technically well-made, uh, you know, in terms of 
um, like cinematography and editing sets, costume design, lighting, like that stuff. And maybe it was just because I wasn't focused on the story as much. Uh, so I kind of started paying more attention to that stuff, but all of that was really well done. So, you know, kudos to the director for that, but the movie itself just, uh, it left me cold. Um, and I was kind of excited to see this and, uh, disappointed after it finished up. Um, I gave this one 2.5 stars out of five. Uh, Hare, I believe you have seen this. So actually I thought I did, but I just remember oh. seeing the trailer about a hundred times in theaters. Cause I think this was <laughs> like one of the movies that was like scheduled to be out at like a dead period. And it's like, well, what are we at? Can we advertise over the next two months or so? And uh, that was one of them. It kind of reminded me of uh, ready or not. I don't know if you saw that one, um, but similar I vibes not, but I know to what talking about. Um, a woman getting married and, you know, kind of everything is not all as it seems. So um, another recommendation if you're uh, if you're looking for that, that style. That of is movie. a wild movie. Yeah. Ready or not. Yeah. Mm. Um, What's it about? <laughs> oh, you don't like, know what it's about? I, yeah, go ahead. Ar. I, oh, I, I, th- I vaguely thought... remember seeing the trailer, but like I don't. It didn't make oh, an so it, like I said, it's basically like this woman who thinks she's getting married to the uh, man of her dreams. And in order to uh, like right before like the the night of the wedding, a sinister turn um, when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. So it's kind of a play on, you know, ready or not, here I come. So um, gotcha. and it all takes place. Was that a bloom house? Um, I'm not 100 sure. Like I'll look that up. Title. But yeah, it, it, it was it was a little bit on the kind of one of those where it was like I was expecting to be garbage, and it was actually not uh not too bad. Um, hmm. in regards to that, so uh, well, yeah, that was, the other way around. <laughs> some okay names in it too. I search Samara search like Samara pictures. Weaving. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, like people like it's like it's it's full of like those people. Like you know when you like see you're like oh that guy. That guy's in it. That guy's in it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I I only saw I've only seen it once. I just remember it being like really wild, and you know, um, I'm glad that that it's not a true story, and and you know, I didn't marry into a family like that. So, <laughs> uh, at least I right. don't know yet. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, time yeah. will tell. Well, you should know yeah. by now. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. It's good. I played the long con. <laughs> the long con. Uh, all right. Well, let me do two more movies that I watched, and then uh, we'll we'll rotate here. But banging um, them out the f- during Captain yeah, Sickness time. The the next one I saw was actually um, 2022's Scream. Uh, so this was the most recent sequel, and I watched this uh, in preparation for the upcoming Scream Six. Um, yeah, I ready. mean. Yeah, it's it's a scream movie. Uh, Twenty five years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, a new killer has donned the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't recognize any of the cast outside of the returning cast from the previous franchise films and Jenna Ortega. Um, so the others were just kind of there. Uh, and I don't think any of them were really that likable. Um, mm. Yeah, I was kind of rooting for them all to go bye bye. Which uh, old man Greg said, "Get off my lawn, you young punks." 
Yeah, well, I mean, so here's the thing. Like, I get it. They, you know, you want to cast suspicion on everybody because Scream is kind of a, a whodunit. You know, it's not like the serial killer slasher franchises where it's like, oh, we know Michael Myers is Michael Myers or like Freddy Krueger's Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. Ghostface is always a rotating killer. You know, it's somebody different every time. So there's always that mystery aspect when it comes to the the scream franchise it's like trying to figure out who the killer is and their relation to the the main characters and i don't know i just again the cast didn't really do it for me um and i found this to be it's just very like it, it's almost too meta for its own good um and I don't know if that comes after, you know, four other movies of the franchise playing that same card. Uh, and I, I just want something else new. But it's like, I, I'm just tired of the trope of like, oh, these are the rules of a horror movie. Now we're living them. And it's like, okay, I get it. But like, let's let's change it up. And I'm actually, I'm really excited for Scream 6 because they're finally getting out of Woodsboro and, you know, going to New York and, you know, hopefully all bets are off and there, there are no rules that, that people have to play by anymore. But like, I just, I look at this and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of hokey. Um, you know, there's some stuff like people getting slashed in the gut and, you know, being able to get up and walk around and run and fight and all this stuff. And it's like, well, no, you had a foreign object penetrate six inches of your skin and your <laughs> organs. You probably shouldn't be able to do that stuff. And again, you know, I know it's suspension of disbelief or whatever, but like it just I don't know. It didn't really read that serious to me because they were kind of just playing fast and loose with that stuff. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it just uh, wasn't for me. And I was really really disappointed by that um how did you see this one i did i saw this uh in theaters uh shout out to my my amc homies uh my amc gm homies uh we all planned a day uh around greg to go see this um and uh yeah i actually really enjoyed this one um this was uh this was a lot of fun i would say uh I had watched the original and Scream 2, I think maybe about a week, if not, um, I think I watched Scream 2 like right before we were going to watch uh, the Scream 5. And uh, I'm, I'm, I know I've seen 4, but I probably saw 4 when it like came out in theaters however many years ago as like uh, a young adult and probably didn't really pay attention or like I didn't know any of the stories. So I saw 4 was my first introduction to Scream. Um and uh i've never seen three so uh, i had a lot of fun with this i rated it four stars out of five um i had a great time uh so yeah i would uh i would recommend this one if you're if you're looking or if you're a fan of the franchise i think this does um well in justifying its entry into the list so you when you saw this i'm sorry did you said you had not seen any others except for four no i saw the first movie i ever saw was four um okay that was my introduction into the scream universe and then i watched one and two leading up to this one um to get myself okay. familiar because this one was like you know they're back even though they're always back um but i'd never seen one and two and i really wanted to uh i uh our buddy frank 
uh, is always, uh, you know, shouting the praises of the original Scream. And mm-hmm. um, I had fun with both of those. Um, I thought they were great. Uh, and it's, yeah, I don't know. I had fun with this one. I thought it was great. And I'm looking forward to Scream 6. Although I think, I think Nev is out of the next one. I think there was yeah, some contract uh, issues. So that's a shame. Um, just pay her her money. Like, I don't understand um in regards to that so we'll see yeah i mean i I don't know because like yes Mm. part of me like one of the best parts of this movie was her character in it and the returning cast from the previous films but at the same time it's like i'm just like let's move beyond you know let's let's go past all that like even looking at like woodsboro right like all right compare woodsboro to um uh Haddonfield in the Halloween franchise technically if you look at the Halloween stuff like there's so many different continuities it's not like eight films or nine films or however many Halloweens there have been have all taken place in Haddonfield yeah uh continuously because it's all like only one or two times Scream however they all do connect and they all have taken place in Woodsboro and it's like all right so if you've got a string of vicious brutal serial killing going on uh every five to ten years like and it, this is just a small little town it's not like you know you're in a big city or there's anything to do yeah why is anybody still living here <laughs> and why is this why have they not found out how to to like appropriately deal with this issue that seems to be a reoccurrence um yeah. it's just you know, it's one of those things, and again, movie logic, but it just, it I don't know, it, it kind of takes me out of it because it's such a repeat of the stuff that has come before. And I know that in Scream 5, they this movie, they actually kind of address people like me who are like, oh, it's derivative exactly. of the previous. Exactly, yeah. So, like, I get all that, but again, that's where it's like, you're almost kind of... um dumping on the fans rather than forcing yourself to be more creative uh i don't know that's just how it came across Mm. to me uh hans did you see this scream i did not um i haven't seen a scream i think since three and i kind of i kind of i think checked out of the series now i know Mm. i i I, i'm not a big horror movie guy so I, i it's surprising that I watched Halloween, whatever kills or whatever one we watched for the pod. Cause um, I'll never watch ends or whatever. I'll, I'll never watch <laughs> that movie again. Um, and that was not a horror movie. That was a, that was more of a comedy. Um, <laughs> I, and I, and I know that I know the kind of like the gist behind scream is it, I, I, I wouldn't say it became like a parody of slasher movies, but it, it definitely dissected them in different ways that, that normal, horror movies didn't do i mean i I believe Mm -hmm. you said like there are other slashers like it it, it's like scream is self-aware of what it is right and and i and i guess i appreciate that but i i just when they keep making sequels to horror movies that's when i check out a lot because it just to me is the same thing over and over where okay it's it's a killer killing people in a small little town and and you know we've we're gonna have six movies of that but then I look at series like like one of my favorite horror series is Saw, which it's basically the same idea, but it gets wackier and wackier with like the traps and everything. So that's why it, it, it they need to do a little at least something different for me. And I, I think Scream doesn't necessarily do that. 
I would I give Scream Five a chance? Probably like the, now that the original cast was in it. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like I know Jack Quaid was in it. I like I'm a fan of his. I like um, I've seen him in a in a bunch of things. I think he's great. Jenna Ortega. I, I don't think I knew of her until this came out. So I just my first at least introduction to her name. Um, now she's like everywhere, at least in terms of the the Wednesday fame. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I uh, I probably will check it if it if, if it's on HBO or something. Maybe I'll check it out. But I uh, yeah, I just I I don't go out to the theaters as much anymore, and I wouldn't make a trip out for this. So. Yeah, so <clears throat> this one, and I sh- I forgot to mention with uh, my my last film, The Invitation, that's streaming on Netflix. Scream is, I think, stream streaming or streaming uh, streaming <laughs> s- streaming on Paramount Plus, which I do not have. So I actually just shelled out the four bucks and rented it on Amazon. Um, what a trooper! Yeah, but I give this two point five stars also, and I would not recommend paying the. The four bucks for it. All right. So I will, I, I'll uh, read the stream read, somewhere you have access to. Check it out. But otherwise, I'll read, I'll read the Wikipedia um, plot and see if it, it entices me to watch it. Probably comes off better. <laughs> okay. Um, I I would recommend it. So if you're if you're thinking about checking out the new screen before uh, six comes out, I would. How about uh, I just I watch half of it? it. Yeah. I'll there you go. Sure. The yeah. Just watch the first <laughs> half and then just leave it and there. Then just stop and just yeah. assume. Assume I know what happened. Exactly. Um, all right. So last one before I toss it off to you guys. Uh, I watched a recently released documentary on Peacock. Uh, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, a lot of our listeners who know me know that. And you guys certainly know it. Uh, fellow co-hosts, you guys have watched pay-per-views with me and uh we we talk wrestling every once in a while but um uh one of the all-time greatest wrestlers had another documentary made about him recently uh and that is titled woo becoming rick flair uh so this is a um two-hour documentary like i said it's uh streaming on peacock it was made specifically for peacock and uh yeah i mean it was it was pretty enjoyable um rick flair for those who don't know was primarily big in the 80s and early 90s considered by many one of the greatest of all time in the sport of pro wrestling um very charismatic very innovative uh transcended uh pro wrestling and and into pop culture you know um migos uh made a song about him and you see him popping up all over the place different sports teams giving him uh uh, pep talks and stuff beforehand and just all kinds of appearances. Um, but yeah, Ric Flair, very charismatic, very interesting life story. Um, as someone who is very knowledgeable about pro wrestling, uh, and has watched multiple documentaries about Ric Flair, there wasn't a ton of new material in here that I was not previously aware of so if you're somebody like me um i would say don't go in expecting to learn a whole lot uh the two big things with this that uh that were new was that they had i'd say equal parts interview time with rick as well as with his family uh specifically 
his uh, wife, Wendy, and uh, his daughters, Megan and uh, Ashley, better known as Charlotte. Um, so getting the family perspective was kind of a fresh take, and I enjoyed that. Uh, and then also uh, the last five years, we haven't really had a new doc on Ric Flair in a while. And uh, the last five years, um, there were some big things. He was actually hospitalized and uh, in a coma for about a month. Uh, did not look good for him. A lot of people didn't think he was going to pull through and uh, they review that in this documentary. So um, kind of interesting to hear the cause of that and, you know, kind of the aftermath and, and what he went through. Um, but he, he certainly lived a very storied life and it's uh it's a subject I think worth your time to check out even if it's uh even if you're not necessarily a pro wrestling fan I I think you'll find stuff in here um that is interesting to watch uh because you know a lot of times with pro wrestlers you you just see the character and that's it but there's a man behind the character and the interesting thing with Ric Flair is um, those two kind of bleed into each other and they're almost one and the same. Uh, so this kind of dives into that and attempts to see who Ric Flair is versus who uh, Richard Fleer is. Uh, so anyway, I gave this one three stars. Uh, probably would have ranked higher if if um, I didn't know quite as much about Ric Flair. But, uh, but yeah, um, I'm assuming you guys did not watch this. Is is that correct? Yep, I, I did not watch it. <laughs> um, I, I do, I do enjoy wrestling documentaries, and and one of my favorite, and I probably may be the only documentary that actually, other than like the Mister Rogers one that made me cry, was the Andre the Giant one, mm. uh, which is one of my favorite documentaries that I've seen. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've seen Stone Cold. I know like WWE does like a. a, a a series or something on, um, on wrestlers. I, I forget what it's called, but, um, I, I, do you know what I'm talking about? It's on like biography or something. They, they ran yeah, like a series. A&E yeah. did some. Or that's yeah. What, yeah. A&E. Yeah. Um, like I think they did on stone cold, um, undertaker, uh, like I've seen a few of them. Um, Ric Flair. I, I, I think Ric Flair is, it was like a weird time when I was a wrestling fan because he was more active before I became a wrestling fan. Then he went away mm-hmm. for a while and was like WCW and you know he, he came back and he wasn't wrestling as much and you know it, it kind of that's when I think at towards the end of the Attitude Era is when I, I started checking out a little bit from wrestling, um, but uh, I, I mean he did a lot for the sport and and brought brought in a lot of money for them uh, and and you know what's he six time at least six time. 16 time world champion 16 time you got 16 it. time Woo! um however I, I and like i said i'm not as much as a wrestling fan anymore um i and i do remember it was just a, a quick flashback was it us three that went up to, to hershey to see that did were how are we you there i i was there thanks for remembering yeah when we <laughs> when we almost got those ringside seats and then we ended up yeah uh, in the very in the last possible row um yeah sorry about that um I had but, a lot of fun. Hey, and we got lost on the way home. So you get lost in Hershey, PA. It's it's not easy. I still remember the. I still remember some of that show though. So I, I don't. Time. 
Um, I don't remember it. Uh, not not just because of like any specific reason. I just I can't remember what I did twelve minutes ago. Uh, so I'm not gonna remember like what I did twelve years ago. Um, Fair or what, however long it was. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad that you, you know you enjoyed it. Uh, you said there's not too. I, I've probably seen the documentary on Ric Flair that maybe this covers probably the same things and um you know i i would check it out i i you know i like i said flair came a little bit around my my time of when i actively watch wrestling so Harry, what about you um i mean this seems right up uh papa's alley um i'm i've actually gotten to a tiktok tiktok rabbit hole of uh stone cold interviews i think it's like a wwe produced show um where Mm -hmm. he has you know um some of the other wrestlers on and uh you know it's like at least two to three minutes of their interview clips um so uh i've been enjoying those uh and that's kind of my my speed is i'd rather watch a documentary about rick flair talk about uh maybe his importance is like uh in his in his wrestling career i i not that i don't want to know about the man but that's that those are the type of stuff i enjoy more is like you know talk about the time when you you know stone cold infamously drove a milk truck out you know or a beer truck out and it's like talk about how like you know logistics of that and you know hey where where this went wrong so i kind of like the inner workings of that as opposed to trying to understand rick flair also he wasn't one of my guys um you know, going deep into, into, uh, in the world of pro wrestling here. So, um, he was a little bit before my time. I think he was like really big in WCW. And then, um, you know, I think when he came over, I was just getting out of wrestling. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this. I'm sure any wrestling fan will, will find a uh, time to find, to watch Woo. You said it was on Peacock. It is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's, a, just it's an easy it's, it's an easy search in uh in your google engine just type uh w with a bunch of o's and uh <laughs> probably the first thing that pops up <laughs> that's it um excuse me just a uh <clears throat> an interesting little anecdote i i will always have a soft spot for uh rick flair i know you know there's <clears throat> sometimes he's painted in in not the greatest light uh and you know everybody's a person you know so nobody's perfect uh but um one of the last things if not the last thing that i watched with my dad uh before he passed was a documentary about rick flair uh my dad mm. got me into wrestling when um basically when i could remember uh we used to watch it uh for as long as i could remember and rick was always one of his favorites and uh, anyway, we we sat down and watched a uh, a documentary about Rick and had a, a nice heart to heart and really got to know each other more so than we had ever done. And we and we we'd always been pretty close, but um, it's almost like something out of a movie where, you know, we we had a, a really heartfelt chat while bonding over watching this uh, this DVD and um Fast forward a couple years later, my dad passed away and I actually had an opportunity to go backstage at a wrestling event. Um, it was bound for glory, 2010, uh, different company, uh, TNA, and they were running at the Leah core center in Philadelphia and, um, <clears throat> got to go backstage, meet a bunch of different wrestlers, almost all of them super nice. Uh, and Rick was one of them ran into him 
uh, ran into him in the hallway and I told him uh, about that experience that I had with my dad. And he said, you know what, brother, thank you so much. Pulled me in for a big hug. And I thought that Mm. was one of the coolest things ever because I'm just some guy to him, but he respected uh, and appreciated um, the fact that he was kind of a, uh, a bond uh, between me and my dad. So nice little memory I have. Always got to take time to watch uh, watch something with Rick in it. So, yeah. um, I, I would like to know any what re- you said. Most of them wrestlers were nice. Which ones weren't? I, I I need to know who's like a real scum. Uh, so there were two in particular. Well, two wrestlers and one non wrestler. Um, the non wrestler uh, that was kind of a jerk was Eric Bischoff. He just uh, oh, yeah. brushed us yep. right off. Um. And the two wrestlers were uh, Austin Aries and Bobby Roode. Um, Bobby Roode was actually kind of goes with his name, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he's he's actually uh, he was wrestling for the world championship in the main event that night against Kurt Angle, and I think he Maybe had his mind zone. on other things. Yeah. So yeah, so I totally get that. Uh, Austin Aries, however, was a giant, um, I can't say the words here, but, uh, he's a clown, but we, yes, we were, we were invited by the president of the company to go backstage. We had clearly designated passes visible, everybody super welcoming. And I'm talking like, I met Jeff Hardy, Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, all of wow. them. Hulk Hogan's one of the best in the biz, uh, biggest in the biz. And all of them super accommodating, super nice. Austin Aries was a grade A jerk. Uh, and, you know, since then, um, he's shown himself with some of the things that he uh, he has spread across social media. To, it seems like that's uh, pretty on brand for him. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those two were, were disappointing. But I, I do cut Bobby Roode some slack. So everybody else peaches, though. Okay um all right i don't need so, to, i don't next. need to know that for any other piece of information i just was my own knowledge <laughs> just to say who was just who wanted was, to know who was yeah who was cool yeah um so yeah that's uh i've done enough talking for now uh let me toss it over to you guys find out some of the content that you guys have watched so uh hands how about you um what are some things you watched over the holiday break so I decided to do a rewatch of probably what I, I, I honestly think is the funniest show ever, which is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, now, I, I, I've i watched this show re- religiously for uh, since it's been on. I think it's going on its 16th season, which longest had, running, had longest running now. I think when I think once the next episode, the first episode of 16 season 16 starts, it'll officially be the longest or with whatever one in season 15. It, it, I don't know which one it was. But yes, longest running. Um, it's amazing. I Going back and watching some of the stuff that like even the first two or three episodes without Danny DeVito because he came in season two. Like the first episode uh, and, you know, going into like some of the things on it is where, you know, they, they end up turning the bar into a gay bar. And it's a very controversial stuff. And it just gets worse. Like they, mm-hmm. they get some of the things that they do and you're three, four episodes into the show and how the show made it to 15 seasons without getting canceled or, and you it's kind of like South Park where South Park should have been canceled 
a very long time ago in regards to some of the offensive stuff that they put out there. But then you realize, you know, I, I think most of the people that watch it are like they're it's kind of mocking what they're what they're doing. Like if you if you haven't watched the last season, like the first episode was about how they were all responsible for a lot of the things in 2020 um, with the the election where they set up uh, election boxes, voting boxes to figure out who was better, Drago or Rocky. And <laughs> everyone thought they were actual voting boxes for presidents. And how um, Charlie and Dee were responsible for the Viking costumes that they made at the January 6th, but they didn't know that's what they were being used for. Um, all the Meanwhile, they're trying to get a, 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 PP, a PE loan, another one. So it's just like it, – it, it's – and then they go to Ireland, which is probably – it only gets better where if you haven't – if you've watched it and you haven't watched it in a while, like get back into it because they just it, – it, they actually have been adding some like real heartfelt stuff into it, um, which is surprising that they do that because normally these comedies, like I'll take The Office for example, where The Office does have a lot of touching moments in it, but it's mainly a comedy, and you know it has some dark, not darker, but some more serious tones in some of their some of their storylines. It's always something you don't expect it, but as it gets older, like as the show's getting older, it's becoming a lot more mature. Um, but I, I mean, I'm still in the early episodes. I think I'm on like season three where they're still, I mean, Danny DeVito's in it and they're just pushing the envelope. And I don't think they realized back then, whatever I, and I don't know what year it, it premiered somewhere in the early two thousands as how, like, I, I watch it now and I'm like, there's no way they, they this should have like made it to where it is now. Um, and everyone on that crew, like I, it brought like Charlie Day is one of my favorite comedic actors and rob McElhenney, i think they're both of them are genius and and you know danny devito i that brought his career back where he wasn't he didn't necessarily disappear but he just showed back up and and i don't think this ever won any awards it should have won it should win every year for best comedy at least in my opinion um but yeah i i know i i think harry you used to watch it don't watch it anymore and greg same thing <laughs> yeah so um yeah go ahead, Papa. Oh, go ahead. no oh, no okay. you go so i it's funny yes i was very heavy into sunny i want to say up through season eight or nine and then i just kind of um not not intentionally i just stopped watching uh but super funny show definitely for me one of the best sitcoms of all time not the best but it's up there um and I actually, it's funny that you started rewatching it because I had actually started rewatching it uh, in the summer. And I think I made it up to season six or seven. And then I just kind of um, diverted my attention elsewhere and started rewatching other stuff. Uh, kind of like uh, how you are with video games. Like you get the new, <laughs> the new release yeah. and then all of a sudden you kind of drop the other one. But um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, always sunny, fantastic show. Always have loved it. Um, you're you are spot on with, you know, it, just right from jump. Talk about like controversial topics and you know, uh, really um, over the line humor. Uh, but all just amazing. And when Danny DeVito joins, uh, which is season two. Uh, he just makes it all the more better. It's like there was like a little missing ingredient and he completes that recipe uh, by by joining the cast. Um, and w- what's great news with that is he was only supposed to be on 
I think one or two episodes. He wasn't supposed to be a series regular, or he's going to be like mm-hmm. a recurring character. Now the fact that they put him on there like full time is is fantastic. I, I the show would yeah. not ex- the show would not be as successful without him on it. So the only other thing I'll add is just uh, kind of supporting what you had said, which I had never even made that connection uh, about it being similar to South Park in regards to um the targets of its comedy but you're spot on with that uh south park has a thing i think it's actually called south park politics but um they it's so well liked because even though it yeah it grows out humor and it's over the top and stuff like that um it cuts deep on both sides of the fence so like everyone it's not not saying it's one of those words like oh everyone's equally offended but like it's written so cleverly that one side thinks the other side is the target and there's no you know there's no real say from the creators one way or another and sunny does the same thing like they take aim at both sides of the fence um so it's really just broad in uh who it appeals to so yeah absolutely fantastic show happy you're watching it maybe maybe i'll jump back in once i'm finished with uh my current rewatches uh harry thoughts on sunny yeah, I mean, I've always uh, loved Sunny. It's just uh, a show that I just fell out on. Um, and then you like look and it's like season 13 coming, you know, this summer. And it's like, wait, what? Um, Came up quick. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I didn't get a chance to look while we were talking because uh, I, I was thinking about my thoughts on the show. But um, I feel like the early seasons, there wasn't a ton of episodes. So I feel like I've seen like the first, you know, handful of seasons. Um and then yeah, at some point it's either, I don't know, life changes or, you know, it stops becoming a regular in your rotation. Um, you know, I think about a show like Abbott Elementary that I watch now, like that's me and my wife's show. But like, you know, if she decides we have another show, Abbott's probably not getting watched unless I watch it. Um, so I don't I don't really know what happened with uh, It's Always Sunny. But um, like Greg was saying, too, uh, you know, it's it's a show I've always enjoyed. I've always found hilarious. Um and, uh, you know, very similar vibes to South Park, um, The Simpsons even for me, where it's just like a show that's been on forever. And it's just like, when was the last time you watched it? And it's like probably 10 plus years ago. Um, I mean, maybe not that much for Sonny, but uh, at least, man, yeah, it might even be 10 years ago. So I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm happy you're diving back in uh, and rewatching Hands because uh, that, that, that definitely seems right up your alley. I can picture you giggling uh, as you uh, go through some of the episodes. Um, it, it's my yeah. background show. It's like background. Yeah. Noise, so it's yeah. like I'm not like so I'll have it on on Hulu. Yeah. And so I, I'm not like I would say I'm like actively watching it. But like I do find yeah. myself like if I'm if I'm in the middle of something and I I'd like I'll turn my head and I like end up watching like a scene for like five minutes. Right. So yeah. And that's yeah. probably that's a great point, too, because that's probably my issue is like anytime I try to watch something, I, I treat it as like. We have to sit down, phones down, you know, things off. And like you Same. said, I, I don't have enough uh, casual watches in my life. So maybe that time will come and this will uh, this will be added to the uh, added to the the background. So. Um, cool. All right. Cool. Um, well, you know, jump in. Uh, you know, it, it's a good thing is there's no really consistent story with those. So you can really jump in at any time. So. Yeah, there's there's definitely oh. some callbacks, but like you said, yeah, yeah, every episode there's there's always a new the gang gets into uh you know whatever shenanigans something. Um, uh, quick yeah. question: Do I have to be an expert in bird law to understand this? Yes, 
the later episodes absolutely you have to you have to go to classes for it yes no um gotta go to classes so let's see what else uh the other i i did rewatch uh what is probably my third favorite movie of the year which is top gun maverick um greg have you seen this yet I did. I actually uh my wife. I went I I had to see it. So I uh I watched it I want to say like 3 or 4 weeks ago. I rented it one night and okay. oh man, it's amazing. All right. It 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 honestly like I I don't like the first Top Gun. I hate the first Top Gun. I it's 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 a dumb 80s movie and it just makes no sense. But you make a sequel to 30 years later or whatever. This this movie's phenomenal. It is it is probably it deserves every penny it it, it made. I I when they announced it, I'm like this is a dumb idea. I, I've never been more wrong about a movie. <laughs> I, it, it really is is incredible, and the fact that Tom Cruise is just it's is still doing stuff like this. And you know, I know a lot of the shots are practical, and he's not actually flying some of the jets. Um, you know, they they're, they're, no one's that crazy, but um. Hey, there's a there's a few things like the action in this is great. It's very the plot is basically Star Wars. Um, it's a New Hope where they're flying through a trench and they gotta blow a a, a missile into a tiny hole. Um, I, I love all the supporting cast in this. Um, you know Miles Teller, who I'm not a big fan of, um, plays great as Goose's son. Jennifer Connelly, who's my favorite actress ever. Um, I think she's the most beautiful woman in Hollywood. Um, and at, at 52 or something years old um she's amazing uh <laughs> she's definitely a step up from kelly mcgillis um i think kelly mcgillis looks like she's 94 right now shots um, fired Jeez so i don't Louise. think she you know uh she, what did she kelly mcgillis do uh she didn't do top gun Maverick, i can tell you okay. that right. um but it, it just I, I i don't know how to explain this to someone where they're like well like it's probably just like a dumb action movie i'm like yes but it's it's not like a dumb movie like there's a lot of heart in this movie like more than the first one because of you know the stakes of what like you you, you get more character development in this movie with maverick than you do in the entire first movie you get more character development in five minutes in maverick um you know and you get the relationship between him and goose's son you get one of the best cameos with um you know and i'm sorry for everyone listening um we're gonna do some spoiler alerts uh for for this so three two one uh we get Iceman comes back with val kilmer uh it it was very sad to see him in this movie because um he wasn't acting uh you know that that currently is his his current condition and probably why he wasn't actively in the movie much more and why he's not really in movies um at at all now besides like this um i haven't finished willow but i don't think he shows up in that um i'm not sure uh but i i don't i i just the action in this movie is great there's there's the last half hour of this movie like kind of leaves you on the edge of your seat where you think you know what what happened and you know it turns into a mission impossible movie uh, with 20 minutes left when they're grounded and they have to steal russian or i'm russian i'm sorry i didn't want to assume uh they don't announce the country they steal a plane and um which i don't thought get us in I, trouble with russia come on i man. know i apologize everyone i i thought the first the first movie was russian air fighters so that's maybe why i mixed it up but they never identify a country in this in this movie um and as one of the best uses of the f word in a pg-13 movie ever <laughs> when uh when a fifth generation fighter which we hear that term 
70 times through this movie uh it does the the craziest maneuver dodge maneuver that i've i i've ever seen it, it's i i screamed uh and use your imagination hs really loud in this theater <laughs> when that happened um i i think i said it multiple times in this theater uh so yeah i i you know we get danger zone i just i i again I hate the first Top Gun, but I love Danger Zone. I, I love Eddie Kenny Loggins. I was glad to hear him again. Um, I, this this is usually the type of movie I would watch on a rewatch and be like, you know what? It just wasn't that good the first time where I'm watching it on my TV and it's just not that great. No, it, it's it's fantastic. This this should be seen by all. And it what it, I how it made as much money and had had the leg the the James Cameron legs to make as much as it did uh, is is incredible. So. Um, Greg, what was your initial, like what, since you're the one who, you know, just saw for the first time. Yeah. Um, props to director Joseph Kosinski because he did the same thing that he did with Tron legacy, where he took a film that I was pretty ambivalent towards in, both Tron and uh, Top Gun, and he made sequels that far, far surpass the original films uh, in this case, or in those cases, uh, Tron Legacy and and Top Gun Maverick. Um, Having watched this so late in the game, uh, you know, I I watched this in December. I think it came out in July, right, in theaters. Um, um may i think it was may May. i think i think it was on memorial day yeah Yeah, memorial day so i'm watching this almost half a year later there was literally not a single person or a sink not a single person had a bad word to say about this movie i never saw any negative feedback whatsoever which is kind of mind-blowing everybody's usually got something to nitpick about (laughs) a movie And I did not hear or see any of that, not just from inside my circle of friends, you guys and whoever else, but outside of that, too. And it was really kind of mind blowing. And so I tried to temper my expectations because it's like, there's no way there's no way this movie lives up to the hype. And. I'll be darned. It did. Um, yeah. Like I, I was shocked. Um, I ended up giving this four and a half stars out of five, uh, rarefied air. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, you're right. It is kind of a dumb action movie, but elevated, if that makes any sense. Um, technically, uh, just really, really well-made, um, cast all likable, uh, each person has their part to play and they, they do so perfectly Um, enough nostalgia uh, for the first one, taking like the best parts of, of nostalgia for the first one and mixing it with, you know, a brand new setting mission enemies, like all this stuff. And yeah, like um, seeing the competition that uh, the, the top gun, the Top Gun uh, team was up against these these fifth gen fighters and the maneuvers that they were capable of was pretty mind blowing. And, it you know, you really get a sense of um, of what they're up against. Uh, <clears throat> you know, as you mentioned, we're going into spoilers with this. I, I will say um, 
I really wasn't sure if near the end of the movie, uh, Maverick's character had bit the big one. Um, I thought mm. that they may have just killed him off. And then, um, you know, we see relatively shortly thereafter that, no, he, he did survive. I felt like maybe if there's any nitpick, and it, and this is minor, maybe they could have held that beat off just a touch longer to make us question. But then again, they were also near the end of the movie. So I don't know how maybe that's just not feasible, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this, this movie was darn near perfect. It was just so good, so enjoyable and really blew my mind that it lived up to everything and more. Uh, so glad you guys, you know, turned me on to this and, and didn't steer me wrong. Um, Harry, your, your thoughts on Maverick. Yeah, I mean, listen, for anybody who was wondering where our uh, Top Gun Maverick episode was, uh, blame Papa. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Actually, blame, you know what? Blame Janet. Janet, it's been seven <laughs> months. Like, step it up. Like, go watch it. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Um, sorry, sweetie. Yeah, it's it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Janet. I didn't mean to call you out. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, – I'll set the scene. Christmas Day, uh, wake up, you know, 7 a.m., uh, open presents with my nephew and my, and my wife's family. Uh, go back. Um, my wife has work at 11. Uh, we take, we take a few hours of a nap. I wake up, we get some Chinese food for dinner and we pop on Top Gun Maverick. Uh, and Dude, I uh, so wish I had the baseline from danger zone right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, honestly, I don't know what they're doing over at Paramount plus, but I think they have all their energy behind the servers for Top Gun Maverick. Cause it looked incredible um it still felt the same way I, I kept having to be told to turn it down um because i continued to crank the volume um you know there's a couple scenes you know uh the my favorite scene is is when uh i like to call it uh tom i know i referenced it probably in our uh in our fave uh fave five of the year um so sorry if i'm repeating anything but when when tom cruise does the the kessel run as i like to call it um when he has to do the mission uh, that he's been telling these recruits, you know, they have to do in three minutes and he's been, he's pretty much being just not disinvolved, but um, basically like kicked out of the, out of the Navy. And uh, he's saying they're grounding him. That's, that's the term I was looking for. And he has, he changes the time to two minutes, 30 seconds or two fifteen, and just makes that run. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, uh, still slaps four and a half, uh, out of five stars for me. Uh, yeah, if you haven't watched it, it's on, it's on Paramount plus what a time to release it to and end of December, right around the holiday season for families kind of reminds me of what they did, um, with knives out knives out was really popular because I think they released it right as soon as the pandemic had started, um, you know, on, on, um, streaming, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, so yeah, just, just a smart release time to hold that until the holiday season and throw it on there for people to uh, check out. So yeah, highest of recommendations if you haven't watched the new Top Gun. I just want to add something too, and this this probably isn't going to go where you guys think it is. But um, so it was really interesting seeing um, Maverick as a test pilot in the beginning of the film. Yeah. Because that's what Hal Jordan is from Green Lantern. And when I was watching that, I just could not help but think, man, why couldn't I have gotten this from Hal Jordan in that Green Lantern movie? And I know, you know, it's unfair because Ryan Reynolds is not Tom Cruise. And hey, I like Ryan Reynolds, but like 
Tom Cruise just brought like such a perfect, uh, a perfect um, representation of like the type of guts and nerves of steel that you need to, to be able to do that stuff because you're pushing untested equipment to its limits. Um, so I just, I, I thought that was a really interesting look and, you know, kind of, uh, uh, <clears throat> made me pine for uh, a better cinematic version of Hal Jordan. Yeah. Well, we're not getting it. <laughs> so maybe eight to 10 years. We'll see. Fair. <laughs> well, um, let's see what else did I kind did of you want on. Oh. Yeah. I, I, um, no, I, I, Harry, I'll go to, I'll throw it over to you because there's a couple. I think everything else is kind of, we have some matched up stuff. So, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so one of the watches, um, so I, 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 I kind of cheated on this one. I'm not going to lie, guys. I got to be truthful to the audience. I watched this in between Avatar, um, and the holiday season. Um, but we obviously had to dedicate a full episode to Avatar and to our, uh, Holly, uh, our faves of the year. Um, so I watched a film, uh, called Violent Night. Um, which stars David Harbour. Um, and it's basically a story about uh, when a group of mes- mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Um, David Harbour plays uh, said Santa Claus. Um, also stars John Liguizamo, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, uh, who you might be more familiar with as, um, what is it, Ellie or Ellen Griswold from yep. uh, Griswold fame? Um, so yeah, so she's in this as well and she plays a completely different character from her, uh, time as a, uh, as a part of the Griswold family. Um, the director of this movie is, uh, Tommy, uh, Wercola. Um, I don't think he's done anything, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing worth of note. He was a writer on Dead Snow, uh, which was a pretty cool movie about, uh, Nazi zombies. Um, so check that out if you haven't. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so this movie isn't great, um, but it's actually it's actually was surprisingly fun um, once things kind of kick off. It actually it's almost two hours long, um, and like Papa was saying, I, I think this could have used uh, with some of his films earlier. I think this could have used a little trim. But uh, David Harbor is great as Santa. I think uh, John Leguizamo, who kind of plays uh, Scrooge. Um, cause they kind of give, uh, the mercenaries give themselves like Christmassy names. Um, and so he plays Scrooge. Um, so there's another big thing there with that. Um, the, it, it, it could have used a little bit better writing. Um, there's a lot of cheese, uh, especially like I said, early on, um, this kind of turns into a little bit of a home alone movie, a little bit die hard, um, you know, and some different things here. But, uh, I think if, um, yeah, I mean, the holiday season has passed, so maybe this will be a recommendation for next year um, when you're looking to jump back in the holiday spirit. But if you're still kicking and you still want to live out, um, you know, the holiday spirit for, you know, another month, uh, you know, I still see those Christmas lights uh, still up at some people's houses. So uh, I think this is worth checking out if it's streaming anywhere, which I'll, which I'll look for you right now. But um yeah, this one was uh, this one was pretty fun, um, and I would I would recommend if you're looking for, um, as we talked about, kind of with it's always sunny in Philadelphia, just a relaxing kind of the movie's on. You know, you're on your phone, you're not really paying super attention because you don't really need to. Uh, I think this is uh, this is worth your time. You guys haven't seen this one, right? Nobody tried to kick it on over the uh, over the holidays. 
No. Um, I think it's available uh, for rent. It only looks like it's available for rent for twenty dollars. So I wouldn't pay that. Um, rent for I might. rent for twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah. just came out recently. It was like out in the beginning of December. So I, um, I actually paid that to watch one of the movies on my list. <laughs> Ooh, nice. I know which one. Um, worth but, it. Uh, worth it. Yeah, but I would say, um, yeah, this is actually still showing in theaters. So. Um, take a chance to get out there, but it's obviously available for rent if you're looking for it. Uh, if you're just a person who I wouldn't pay $20, honestly, um, I'd wait for it to stream. But uh, at that point, maybe it'll be Christmas in March or whatever they're going to do for it. So, yeah, uh, I, I didn't see much on this. I have a question. My my only yeah. follow up is I, this is probably something up. I'll watch next year. Yeah, uh, I, I won't catch it Netflix. this year. I'll, I, I'm going to forget this thing exists in a month. I'm going to be honest. Is he like really Santa, or is he just the, like a guy who's? Oh no, he's Santa? he's really Santa. They open it up, and they you know he's Santa. There's there's a couple of uh, jokes that he makes where he's like, "I got to get back out there," and they're like laughing, like he's got to go back to a shift. Uh, you know, um, Cody yeah, Santa was actually the alternate title. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, so he's like, I thought it was just a guy dressed up as Santa, no, like, like a mall he, Santa yeah. or something. Who? Yeah, okay, this is the actual no. magical Santa Claus. This is this is the guy for all those young but listeners. Apparently, he's he's a he's he, a, he's he's the real deal. He's the John McClane of Santa Clauses. Um. Well, you know they they kind of go into some uh, old lore uh, a little bit. Um, oh, kind of. Uh. So yeah, uh, he didn't always used to yeah, be Santa. Santa actually Claus. created Krav Maga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like was so, I, I? I gotta look into I, this now. now. I gave this like I gave this movie three out of five stars. It, it, again, I, I think it surprised me a little bit, which is why it's three as opposed to two, two and a half. Um, because I think some of the action is pretty good. Because I think it's by the same studio that does uh, some of the John Wick. Um, you know, I don't want to say it's like the same, um, the same like choreographers or anything, but I think it's the yeah. studios like who kind of are familiar with this type of movie. I I will give them credit, like in terms of like, and I this will, I'll use this argument in terms of movies where people say there's no originality in Hollywood. This mm-hmm. is it. This yeah. this should this should have opened at like a hundred million dollars, yeah. not the, Avatar. The, the studio that I was thinking of is Eighty Seven North. They did Bullet Train. Uh, they also did Nobody. Um, and I'm looking to yeah, see. So if they, they have like a little a little stuff. niche for uh yeah for goofy comedy. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Okay. Um. I'll be honest, like when it comes to like cheesy movies, uh, I, I'm really weird and very selective because some stuff can be like the worst of the worst and I'll I'll watch it and I'll be totally into it. But like this movie just doesn't look like one of those. And Cocaine Bears, another one upcoming, like I have zero uh, <laughs> uh, will to see that movie like it just. I'm a hundred percent in on that, them. and it's going to be amazing. So I'm sorry you're not. <laughs> well, no, it's it's all good, and you know I'm I'm happy you're excited for it. I I hope it lives up to the expectations. Um, with with this movie, uh, Silent Night, I I just remember like I never really paid attention to the marketing. Like I would see just like flashes of commercials for it, and I assumed that santa was a serial killer or something and Mm. that held a little bit of intrigue for me and then after talking with you i found out no he was like the good guy and just whatever tiny desire was there to see it 
just evaporated. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, this one is one of those that you would think would probably be up my alley, but it's, it's not. Um, I just don't want to see it. And uh, I don't know. (laughs) I think David Harper maybe needs to get a better uh, manager because like, or, or at least have more discretion with what he's looking uh, for in terms of projects, because I mean, the guy can act. I mean, he, he was really good in uh, like, um, uh, oh God, what was the movie with uh, Suicide Kate Squad? Winslet, Revolution uh, Road. I was thinking of Revolutionary mm. Road. Uh, he was great in that. Great in Stranger Things. Uh, hands, what? Which? Which did you just say? Suicide Squad. Suicide. Don't Squad. listen. To okay. Him. Yeah, I don't don't know about that, but um, <laughs> uh, but then you know was, he pops that was up on last like, night, so I had to, I had to throw that out there. <laughs> But then he pops up with like Hellboy or this, and it's like, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, it, it seems let me it get... seems it's definitely been typecast where it's like you could have made the case like this is Hopper as Santa and mm-hmm. you know, you know, killing yeah. mercenaries. So he, he, I don't know. I just he's he's got the goods. He can back up. <laughs> yeah, no, like, he has acting chops. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm just saying like you said, like hey, maybe take a take a role outside of the uh, the comfort zone a little bit there, pal. But uh, right. You know, right. I mean, hey, if he's getting the big bucks to do it, you know, sign me up, you know. Well, and look, I mean, he's got uh, um, he's got Marvel Studios money now. Right. So he was in Black Widow. And uh, uh, who doesn't have Marvel rumors, Studios? If rumors money are nowadays. to be believed, he's going to be in Thunderbolts. So, cool. you know, can't wait. There we go. Probably not yeah. going to be in another Suicide Squad. Jeez, not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just uh, glad you liked it. Not for me. All right. Well, yeah, well, um, yeah, uh, well, I mean, you stole my uh, my Top Gun 2 uh, topic. So actually, I was going to throw back to back to G um, because, uh, again, we we share a lot of things coming up here that I think uh, we should save for a talk together. We do. Uh, Yes, I am. uh, I'm going to hold off on those just for a bit longer until I I finish the stuff that uh, that I I watched. You were were pumping out this holiday season. I really was. And you know what? I like you guys included some rewatches on your list. I didn't even include the rewatches because I'm still going through the MCU. And, uh, you know, I watched a bunch of holiday movies around Christmas time, uh, showing my daughter some of the classics. What a life. Um, I know. Uh, Along those lines, it's a wonderful life. Uh, Mm. This was the first time that I have ever seen this movie. Um, Always heard that it was a classic. Uh, and not so sure I agree with that sentiment. Uh, all the way back from 1946, directed by Frank Capra. A lot of people will talk about it being one of the greatest movies of all time. Harry's um, favorite. Dude, just because it's yeah, pre, like, or post, Star Wars. you know, war. Well, yeah, yeah pre Star Wars. Wars. Sorry. Um, doesn't mean that it's my favorite. I've actually never seen it in full. If I probably in school, but, you know, you don't pay attention. So. The- I think everybody, whether we've seen it or not, everybody knows like the basic gist of the story. Uh, Harry, you even described it to a T earlier and you said, you know, I haven't seen the movie. And um, I was I was pretty much under the same impression as, you know, a guy uh, at Christmas time is broken down on his luck and, uh, you know, wants to end things. And then uh, he's paid a visit by a spirit and and shown how life would be without him and then um 
that kind of uh, changes things, changes his perspective. And, you know, all of a sudden he's thankful and, and grateful and uh, wants to, to live that life. Um, so that is part of the story, but that's actually a very minor part of the story. It actually like that aspect of being shown the world without you is legitimately only like 15 to 20 minutes of the movie. And it's at the very end. Uh, which I was shocked. I thought that was going to be like the main crux of the story. And that would be like visiting that, that vision of, of the world without George Bailey. I thought that was going to be like the the bulk of the story and it wasn't. Um, so that kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, also Jimmy Stewart, I just, I could not get into his performance at all. He's got a very, unique delivery and it is not for me um <laughs> he just it's it's almost like someone doing an impression of an old-timey actor um but it's not an impression it's just him talking uh he's i, I don't even know how to describe it go on youtube look up a clip of jimmy stewart as george bailey in uh it's a wonderful life you'll know exactly what i'm talking about but um I just, uh, I, I didn't, I couldn't get into that. And he's the main character. So it was kind of taking me out of the movie every second he was on screen. Um, there is some interesting stuff here uh, at the core of the story. And that is George Bailey's decisions. Um, he, he consistently puts others ahead of his own personal choices and happiness throughout the entire movie and ultimately it lands him on the brink of ending his life because he is miserable and i thought that was a very interesting take especially for uh like it seemed heavier than a heavier subject matter than movies of that time would probably deal with um so I thought that was cool, but they didn't lean into it hard enough. Uh, it just, it almost, it almost seemed like um, only the consequences of his actions from like maybe 20 minutes prior to, you know, him, him wanting to to end his life um, were, were the things that made him miserable. But if you watch the movie, it's actually, the entirety of the movie leading up to that moment and not just like 20 minutes prior. Uh, additionally, this is considered a Christmas movie, but like only, only like that, that final night before, you know, the angel visits him. Um, that's the only part that takes place like around Christmas. The rest of the movie just takes place throughout the various seasons. So I don't get that connection. Uh, it, it's, it doesn't have like Christmassy themes or anything. It just happens to take place on Christmas. So, and I know Hans is chomping at the bit to throw Die Hard in here or whatever. So I'm sure we'll get to that. You don't but, know uh, that. You don't know that. <laughs> oh, I know it. Um, you're not even on camera and I can see it on your face. But yeah, this, uh, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I feel like this movie, not bad, but definitely overrated. Um, I give it 2.5 stars out of five. Uh, don't wow. understand. Yeah. Don't understand the hype. Um, I don't know. Uh, just. It was okay. <laughs> uh, have either of you guys seen it's a wonderful life? 
Uh, I've seen it uh, maybe 10, 15 years, maybe more than 15 years ago. I'll never watch it again. I, I, it's, <laughs> I, wow. it's nothing I, – I, I've said this before, and it's nothing against old-timey movies. They just – I don't – the style of how they're filmed, and like you're right, like like Jimmy Stewart is like – the way he delivers his lines is just like, oh, like this. And it's just like it, – it's – I've really – it's it's I, I don't know like uh, how he was successful with that voice because it's like he oh it did it in everything um he sounds like a frog uh <laughs> i don't like the fact that you told me that this that this like only takes place in like around christmas like a little bit of the story i didn't know that i thought it was a whole christmas movie and i don't know too much about it so like i don't remember too much i just remember thinking like okay like it it was fine like i i if I'm gonna rewatch stuff around Christmas, and I, this is never gonna be on my list because there's other movies I'd either rather rewatch or just go towards. It's it's definitely like if I tell that to someone on like any of our older listeners out there, they're gonna think I like they're gonna like start screaming blasphemy and all that stuff. Like, sorry, that's not. I don't. I don't care what you think. It this is. It's it's not a wonderful movie. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to end it with that. I, I, I won't watch this ever again. If, if I do, it's probably my son wants to see it a hundred year old movie by the time he wants to watch it. So yeah. Har- I, did you say you haven't seen it or you did see it? Yeah. It's actually surprising that a, uh, pre star Wars film I haven't seen, but you guys have. So, um, wow. Look at us. Who would have thought? I know. Um, Who would have thought? Not us. Yeah, I've never, I've never really, like I said, this might have been on at a school, like kind of, you know, around the holidays, you know, hey, t- teachers throwing on this on, but um, this wasn't. I know some people, as Greg was mentioning, kind of watch it year round, not year round, but when it comes around to the season, it's right, like every you gotta year. watch a Wonderful Life. Um, so honestly, your negativity of it is making me want to check it out um, from both of you. So. <laughs> No uh, I'm very I'm very excited to do that when the time arrives. So maybe next year or, you know, maybe if I'm going through, you know, some tough times, maybe I'll throw it on as a as an uplifting thing. But uh yeah, no, um sometimes these older movies, you know, uh I will say, even if they're well received, um, you can watch it and say, meh, you know, so um, you know, that's why, you know, there's a bunch of different things out there for people. So um, but yeah, I'm very excited to watch this now that you guys are negatively reviewing it. Uh, I think I was looking on IMDb and it's uh, number 21 on the top ratings of movies of all time. So take that with the grain of salt of the IMDb rating. Disgusting. But, uh, all the way up there at 21 and you guys are poo-pooing. So. Jimmy Stewart hasn't well, made it into the MCU yet. Bro, come speaking on. Speaking of stop. IMDb, I just saw a poll today that was like, top looking movie or top movies people are looking forward to for 2023 and like half the films on there were garbage guess where that poll came from imdb so yeah take imdb with a grain of salt folks i can't wait beetle blue beetle and beast wars i'm excited let's go okay um oh (laughs) you know what one other thing before sarcasm it's a wonderful life i did not mention donna reed as mary hatch the uh the love interest for uh jimmy stewart's george bailey and donna reed was actually wonderful in her role really enjoyed her uh yes um very beautiful but uh but also uh really good in her role as well so kudos to donna um all right moving on from it's a wonderful life another movie 
Yes. Another movie that I saw, one much more recent, is uh, Steven Spielberg's most recent release, The Fablemans. This was the movie I alluded to that I, I did spend $20 to watch. Drop um, the bones. Yeah, but you know what? This is one where it's like, I, I, I really want to see this movie. I love Steven Spielberg. Um, I know I wasn't going to make it out to the theater to see this, and it's like, this this is worth it you know like a movie ticket would cost right. me 15 bucks probably anyway so let me just spend the, the fees charged for staying at home putting it on your tv yeah exactly exactly so i don't know um yeah i watched it really enjoyed it uh i thought it was um very entertaining uh lots of coming of age vibes um Definitely, you know, you, you could tell it's a, a fictionalized uh, telling of the formative years of Spielberg. But I don't know. There's just, you know, some filmmakers just have a a feel uh, in yeah. their films. Like you, you can watch something and not know who the director is. And it's like, yeah, that feels just like them. Like it's almost encoded in the film's DNA. And this definitely has that. Like if you just put this movie out there, didn't mention Spielberg or anything. And I watched it. I would still feel that energy. Um, And it's, uh, it's all for the better. Uh, Just really, really enjoyed it. All the cast. Wonderful. Um, uh, Paul Dano um, and uh, uh, Michelle Williams, Michelle, Williams. Michelle, Michelle Williams. Yeah. Sorry. Name was escaping me. Um, they play uh, Sammy, uh, the the fictionalized Stevens' uh, parents, and um, very much uh, opposites. And they both, how do I put this? I guess you know, similar to to I, I guess real parents. You know, they they have quirks that you know you you can um, find compelling and kind of bond with and then also stuff that will drive you away um so very kind of realistic in that um and while this is you know mainly a coming of age uh uh story um or focused around sammy a lot of it is also dealing with uh family dynamics and and drama um from his parents and um just really good, really compelling stuff. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail because, uh, you know, I, I realize you guys may not have seen this and it is fairly new. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, just really good, really good cast. Uh, Seth Rogen also in this. And, um, I wouldn't say, I, I would say he, his performance is, uh, better than his typical fare. But I also wouldn't say that this is going to earn him any Oscars or anything like that. It's not on that level, but uh, but he does um, he does bring something extra to the table that you don't normally see. Um, highly recommend. I gave this uh, four stars out of five. Um, oh, there is one other thing that I just <laughs> I want to touch on. It's not really spoilery, but uh, there is um, a classmate of sammy's that you'll see in the movie um who finds jesus sexy and i literally just 
Nice. Was like, what? <laughs> I literally exclaimed, what? Uh, it just, uh, it really threw me off. It was very out of left field, but um, hey, you know what? Wacky characters, it's all right. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on Fableman's? Are you excited to see it? Is this something you'll just wait for? What's, what's good? Uh, I'm excited only because like Spielberg is probably my favorite director, at least of someone who's directed more than 10 movies. Uh, and not like Cameron or, or Denis Villeneuve would probably be uh, be more than Spielberg. But uh, I mean, Spielberg, I, I enjoy his, a lot of people love more like his fantasy kind of stuff like Jurassic Park, Hook, which I, 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 I love all those movies. But I like the stuff that he touches in terms of like realism. Um, you know, movies like The Fablemans, I, I I know I'm I'm gonna like. Um, but like if you look at some of his movies, like Catch Me If You Can is another one of my favorite movies. Like movies that are like based on true stories, where he he doesn't need like a big spectacle to to make a, a good film. He's he's a good storyteller. Um, and this is more or less like a. a unofficial slash official autobiography um you know of of his life with you know at least it was based on his life um which i think is is really cool um a lot of people are like he's so full of himself he's making a movie about himself like no like you're you're steven spielberg you can make a movie first of all if anybody has earned it that's what i mean you you honestly like you're you're considered one of the greatest filmmakers of all time and if you have a story to tell then and you're spielberg you tell it no matter what um i like everyone in the cast uh that uh, you know rogan i'm a huge huge seth rogan fan um i've been trying to get his laugh as my text message notification on my phone <laughs> for like 10 years um amazing paul da- paul dano i i do not know a bad performance from him uh any movie whether it's like an independent movie or i i do not know and i know i i can see you uh, it looks like you're you're hinting at another movie he did earlier in the year, but um, I, it, it it seems I, I just the Batman. Was that what you were like kind of? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, I, I Paul Dano is a good actor. I just okay. You know, I, I, I don't I like saw the way your the, face. the character was, but yeah. I he's, saw your uh, face, and it good. seemed like when I mentioned like he all like I thought like due to your like dislike of the Batman, that's what you were alluding to. Um, I would he's, never. He's a good director as well. He did a film called Wildlife, which is uh really good. I did not see that, but I heard about it. Um, yeah, Jill Hall like, and uh, he, Carrie Mulligan. Really good. Okay. Um, I, I still think his, his best performances, you know, there will be blood, which he should have won an award for. Um, but that, this is two the, performances, the best two this, this isn't the, there will be blood podcast. So I'll save that for another day. Um, but I, I just, I, he's, he's definitely one of those actors that, that stands out. Um, he looks a little creepy in some of his roles, like his facial expressions, but he's a, he's a phenomenal actor. Like it, for him to not, not, be, like have any kind of oscar and you know oscars are at this point a publicity a publicity thing like not you're just because you didn't win doesn't mean you deserve it like that kind of stuff um but you know i, I michelle williams i'm a big fan of hers um i, I i'm excited to see it i unfortunately i'm gonna have to wait like whether see if that rental price comes down a little bit or um <laughs> Or uh, it, it shows up on streaming, which probably, hopefully, uh, hopefully by award time it, it it shows up. So, um, Howard, what about you? Was this at any of the film festival stuff? Um, 
so this i believe was released before the festival started um which was a problem um i think it premiered at the new york film festival if i'm not mistaken um maybe even before that but uh you know as a as a non-theater worker nowadays this is one of the tougher movies to go see because it was a very limited release early on you know new york la then it gets expanded um but it's still hard to see um and then i think it was maybe right before thanksgiving or maybe thanksgiving weekend it got like a large release um which is great um but my problem is and again i'm very much a snob about this so um, as I really want to watch quality, um, you know, uh, theater projection, and uh, that's really tough outside of IMAX and Dolby to guarantee. Um, so there's another movie where I'll touch base on this a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, so I, I just have missed this one because now I think it's very limited. I think there's only a few theaters around us that we can check it out in. Um, and I don't know if I trust the presentation, so I might just... Uh, wait for this one to be available on streaming slash uh you know probably streaming because uh yeah at this point i'll just watch it at home i will say uh you know one of generally one of the telltale signs of a really good movie in our house is i will put something on that janet has never expressed a desire to see and if she happens to be walking by or you know she's like oh i'll go to bed in like five minutes and i put the movie on and she sees and watches yeah like that's a good sign especially if you know she she wants to go to bed because she she likes her sleep but um (laughs) this was one of those situations she's like how long is this and i uh, you know i don't know 215 210 i'm not gonna stay and watch that and sure enough she did the whole thing so uh yeah she she dug it as well um it's very very good and uh yeah the um the kid uh who they got to play sammy um which well i mean there were several but uh the the main one uh gabriel labelle um very like i mean obviously you know makeup and hair can do wonders and stuff but like by the end of the movie he very like there was there was a very strong resemblance to a young steven spielberg like i'm thinking like jaws era like he the kid was clean shaven in the movie but like you throw a beard on it he'd be a dead ringer for him so i i thought that was pretty cool too it was just you know it really helps uh sell you know the the premise of the movie i guess um okay moving on to another 2022 release that i actually caught today uh Yes, The Menu, um, released in 2022, as I said, directed by Mark Mylod, who not a huge filmography, but I was looking it up and this is a really weird uh, piece of trivia, but I actually saw one of his previous films, Ali G in the house. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Uh, Mark Mylod is the director and oh, nice. Ali G the in menu. the house, uh, w- which was all the way back from 2002. So yeah. we're talking a 20 year gap here. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I enjoyed that for what it was. Uh, and the menu I also enjoyed. Uh, it was very, very good. And I, I had mentioned to, to, I know at least to you, Harry, maybe you two hands, but like um, in, you know, offline discussions, 
I, I like I'm a big foodie. Uh, so, you know, the basic premise of the movie looked really good, but I wasn't really interested in the murder aspect of it, even though, you know, I, I enjoy horror movies. Um, but I was just like, just give me a movie about an intense chef and like these super high concept dishes that he's designing and, you know, him running uh, his kitchen, whatever, you know, Gordon Ramsay style. I'm all about it. I love food. I love seeing that type of stuff. Love kitchen chef movies, whatever, uh, and, and content. Um, so with that said, not really looking forward to the murder aspect of it. Went in, watched this movie. Mm. Absolutely loved it. Um, really, uh, really pleased with the, the way they incorporated that into, into this initial story about, uh, a very, very exclusive, um, restaurant and, uh, all the performances very good. Uh, this might be my favorite Anya Taylor joy performance. Um, she's kind of been, um, lukewarm for me in, in the, the things that I have seen her in, but I, I thought she was, uh, really good in here. Ray finds always a, a pleasure to watch. Um, Hong Chow, this is actually the second thing I've seen her in. She was previously in The Whale, and I love that. I thought she was great in that. She'll be one to keep an eye out for going forward, where it's like, oh, she's in yeah. that? Let me check that out, because um, I, I enjoyed her in this also. But but yeah, this was, uh, this was a really unique story. Uh, interesting blend of, you know, that kitchen uh, aspect with with horror and, and murder and, and all that. Um, and I just, uh, in addition to enjoying, enjoying it, I really like, I, I want to see more of this from Hollywood. Like give me these lower budget flicks. I'm sure this was probably like 20 to 30 mil budget. Um, <clears throat> great ensemble cast, um, some big names and some, some lesser known names, but everybody delivers. And just uh, something fresh and unique and all of those things we have in here and uh, really, really dug it. Uh, I was surprised. I, I thought going in that I would like it. I didn't think that I would like it to the extent that I did. Uh, so I gave this four out of five stars. Uh, Harry, did you see the menu? I did. I did see the menu. Um I uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. Um, as we were just talking about with the Fablemans, uh, I saw this um, in a theater, uh, in theaters. Uh, so there was uh, two people who had bought tickets for two rows in front of us who decided to sit in our row of like eight people. So every time uh, one of our party arrived, they just moved over one. Um, the projection for the uh, show was uh, had a flickering bulb. Um, and the sound was super low. Um, so it was disappointing. Yeah. And the, the crowd for it wasn't bad, but it would definitely wasn't like, you know, picture perfect. Um, besides the projection issues. Um, and it just kind of left me a little bit cold. I, I, I saw this preview many a times and I felt like there wasn't much, um, that the previews were giving me that didn't that wasn't in the movie. I felt like this was one of those uh, movies where if you watch the two trailers for it, you pretty much have seen the movie. Um, and maybe that was the case for you, Jay, where you just didn't have that. Um, maybe I my pulled a Harry. I didn't see the trailers. Yeah. Maybe my <laughs> expectations were too high. Um, 
you know, for it, um, because I thought like you were saying, I, I think it's well said it was, it's a kind of a unique idea. Um, it's a little different. Um, I would want, I would watch, you know, a hundred more, uh, the menu type movies, um, as opposed to some of the other garbage that uh, gets put out, like Black Adam or you know some Dude, other. Dude, I, I swear to God, I had Black Adam in my mind as you were saying that. Yeah, so <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather see a bunch of those. So, um, you know, great performances. It's just I felt like it got to a point where me and I was I think I was waiting for another shoe to drop and it never did. Um, and mm. maybe that's on me. Uh, maybe that's just expectations, but kind of left it and you know was kind of like yeah that was mostly what the trailer had kind of told me about so um in that sense it was a little bit disappointing i gave it three out of five um like i said by no means is i do i think it's a bad movie um it's just you know hearing greg uh rejoice at how much he enjoyed it uh is tough to follow because i didn't enjoy it as much um Mm. but hands what about you are you is this something you know you think you would check out um I think it's streaming on on the HBO Max, which uh, I think yeah, you might think have a login for. Today. So, um, <laughs> you know, just in case if you're looking, this would probably be something I I would end up watching. Um, I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know anything about it uh, due mm. to Greg's. You know, I, I, I this is where I feel like I need to say it to pee, like kind of settle this between you two. Yeah, and break say, the like, tie. <laughs> break the tie and like whether or not I like it. I feel like. This is these type of movies like I and I know it's probably not similar at all, but remember that that John Favreau movie Chef, where like yeah. it was about oh, him yeah. cooking food yeah. with Sofia Vergara. Um, I didn't I like that. Is, I didn't like. I wasn't a big fan of that movie. Um, and like when I saw the menu, I'm like, that's what I kind of thought of. I'm like, this is gonna be another John Favreau Sofia Vergara <laughs> movie, which I don't think it's. What's well, funny because like that's what I wanted it to be. Yeah, but yeah. I, I was happy with what I got also. So yeah. right. Like, is this going to be, like, I love Gordon Ramsay, and I love Hell's Kitchen. Like, is this, like, just get him cooking food the whole time? Like, I don't know if I really, like, like, I don't well, know if I want to watch that. I will say there's a really, I, I think Greg might have touched on it, but Nicholas Holt is uh, is pretty, pretty great in this uh, this movie mm-hmm. as, a, as a certain type of character. And it, uh, it really uh, blends well right. uh, for the movie. I think he would have liked uh, hanging out with uh, John Favreau and Chef. Uh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. A right. lot. So, and Link Wazama's in this. I saw on the cast list. It's yeah, like the third movie is, we yeah. mentioned to his today. Yeah. So he's making a comeback. He's on, the, he's on fire, on man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll check it out at, at some point in my life. There you go. Uh, and I will say too, you know, it's it's very hard for movies to stick the landing when it comes to endings. And uh, the ending for this, I thought, Chef's Kiss. Fun and oh, look at you. Yeah. So. Really, really yeah. uh, dug the ending. Uh, all right, so I'm going to do one more, and then I'll pass it back to you. Uh, my list is not finished yet, but uh, but I, I want to spread the love here. But before I do, uh, I just want to touch base on one that I just briefly saw, which is Wednesday on Netflix. Uh, I was really looking forward to Wednesday. Uh, I missed um, starting it in time for Halloween because, you know, obviously it's uh, a gothic themed um you know it's something that would fit alongside uh the halloween season and it dropped at the end of october but um but yeah i uh i tuned in and i watched the first episode and just completely uh out on it um was really uh, yeah your look is how i felt um i was i was shocked to myself uh Jenna Ortega at, at the point that I watched Wednesday, cause I actually watched it prior to, uh, 
watching Scream. I had not seen her in anything previously um, that I was aware of. Uh, And she fits the bill as Wednesday, but the show itself just came off very like Riverside to me. And like, that's not my bag. Like, I just don't care about that type of show. Um, Luis Guzman, Catherine Zeta Jones, they're not in it a ton, but like, they seem to be a good fit for, you know, Gomez and Morticia. Um, but I just, I, I couldn't get with it. I don't know. Like the dark humor I liked, but, uh, um, it's just those like CW angsty vibes, like angsty teen vibes. Like, I don't know. There was a time in my life when I watched that type of stuff and, you know, it worked. And to some extent, I still enjoy some content like that. Um, I just rewatched Buffy a couple of years ago. Love that show. But, uh, but Wednesday, I just, I could not get into. And normally with a show like this, and, and we'll get to another show later on, um, <clears throat> I would probably give it like two episodes before I decide to drop. But I just knew instantly with this, I'm like, I, I can't sit through more of Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, it was one and done for me. Um, have either of you guys watched any of this? Am I off base? What are your thoughts? I I have not watched any of it, and it kind of got me because you had mentioned you missed it for Spooky Season. Uh, it's you missed it because it didn't come out until right before Thanksgiving. Um, oh well, I, that's I why had, I missed. It. <laughs> I had to double check that because part of the reason why I was like, wait, why wasn't I excited for this, and why didn't we like you know not talk about it during right. Spooky Season? But why wasn't it like on the tips of you know? Not everybody we know, but I feel like that would have been the perfect timing to release it. But yeah, it was released like I think right before Thanksgiving. Um, again, I, I've seen Jenna Ortega in uh, a film she was in for HBO, which I think came out last year, the end of last year is called The Fallout, um, which is a pretty heavy movie. Um, we obviously talked about Scream, um, which she was in. And I feel like there's one more that I'm missing right now. Um, but yeah, this has kind of been her kind of, you know, another breakout Netflix series show um, that uh, has really caught everyone's attention. So I don't know when I'll see it. The wife hasn't mentioned it. So it's kind of one of those of like, am I jumping into Wednesday on my free time? So maybe I'll watch it on a Wednesday. Um, but uh, but she yeah, was it's, X, it's, apparently X. Yes, that was the other one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Yeah, it was all kind of around relatively the same time um, or within the same you know time period. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll probably check it out, but I don't think I'm going to be rushing and kind of one of those things where you miss the initial wave and, you know, who knows, maybe Netflix will cancel it and that'll be the end of it. Um, I want to watch it. Uh, so we'll see, maybe I'll make it past the first episode. Um, I've seen the dance scene everywhere posted, Mm -hmm. uh, at least a hundred times everywhere, like on across social media. Um, so yeah, I, I'll check it out. It looks, it looks like a fun little show, but again, I might have the same reaction as you would watch the first episode and be like, all right, well, it's been fun. So <laughs> we'll see. Not for me. Uh, that yeah. is a big miss on Netflix's part, by the way, not dropping it in October. I don't know what the thought process was on holding it off till November, but it seems like a poor choice. Yeah. Netflix um, is full of great choices, so <laughs> Zoinks cube. Yes. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh well let's move on. I'm gonna toss it back to you guys. Uh Hans, what do you wanna 
talk about next? Um, so I watched a movie on HBO. Thanks, Harry, for uh, anytime. It's it's probably going to be. I I don't know. It's it's going to have a lot of talk around award season. The Banshees of, and if I pronounce this wrong, I apologize. I'm Irish and I feel bad. Uh, Inishirin. <laughs> there you go. In, yeah, there we go. Um, I'm so glad they said it in the movie because I wasn't sure uh, what it was. And thank God the sub- subtitles. So um, this is, I don't know how to react to this movie after I watched it. Ooh. Um, it is, I didn't know if it was supposed to be like a comedy, a dark comedy, like there are some kind of twisted things in this, which I guess it would be more of a dark comedy. Um, you know, it's about Brendan Gleeson, who is basically cuts off uh, cuts off his best friend Patrick, um, and it, he's cold. Well, so he uh, cut- hold on, let me let me pause here. So all three of us have seen this. So spoiler away. Yeah, be warned. Folks. Yeah, trust me. That yeah, spoiler three, two, one, and uh, so Colm for and. They really don't know why at, in the beginning of the movie why um, he cuts pa- Patrick out of his life. Um, Is it Patrick or Patrick? Pad Pad Patrick. I don't know these these Irish. These yeah, Irish. You're names. probably right. Interesting. So like it's spelled like P A D R A I C E, and I actually had a classmate in high school with that name, and he pronounced it Patrick. So I don't mm. know how it's There's the like, accent I, too. Like three it, different... it could be Patrick, but how they say it, I'm a calm P. Um, but <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but so he's it, it's his best friend. So he cuts off all ties with them and doesn't want anything to do with them. No more. As he, as he keeps saying, he's like, I don't want to talk to you no more. Um, you don't know why. Um, at the same time, Colin, Colin Farrell's played, plays P. Um, who played a phenomenal performance, like by Colin Farrell. He's a great actor, um, and I don't think there's any, any, ever been discussion that he's not. Like even in Daredevil, like he hammed it up, but he had a blast doing it. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I I saw that face. He was he was fine. Like he he had fun with it, and it was in an overall bad movie, like a very bad movie. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought he was it was also bad. He was a good kind of bad. I just I thought it was funny that uh, in a movie where uh, your favorite movie of the year, The Batman, and he was in a movie called After Yang, your next film about talking about the performance of Colin Farrell was, you know what? I was Daredevil. I was proving a point. I was proving a point that like no, like to Greg's like he's not. It's not good, but he hams it up so much in that movie where it's just like that's his earlier early in his career, and I I. Whatever that movie is 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 dumb, but I love him. I love him as Bullseye in it. Um, He's got plenty of great performances, and you go to Bullseye. Yes, I was proving that saying that <laughs> yeah. even his bad performances are good. Um, sure, is what I was going for. Uh, you know, and there's a couple, a couple, a uh, couple people along the way. I'm not going to pronounce her name. I'm just going to say Colin Farrell's sister. Um, you know, she's kind of just doesn't she? She doesn't do too much Carrie like hangs her, the, Carrie, uh, actress by yes the way, so um she's kind of just hangs out at the house and Siobhan, yeah. and uh she she uh is being chased by a fellow uh fellow villager dominic who played by barry keegan is <laughs> fellow the batman alum <laughs> yeah they have yeah half the batman cast they got off um, the set and they said where are we going over yeah ireland um, yeah right i so I, it's hard for me to watch like some of these movies because it, it just seems like it, it's it, first of all, I didn't even realize it took place in like the 1800s. I don't think it like I, I, I found that out after I watched the movie. Um, 
this does it does look like it could be modern day Ireland to to be honest. Um, I it does. I I, I and like one of those small little towns in like Ireland. They're all wearing like wool clothes and nobody's got a car. Dude, that's it's probably like these little towns in Ireland. That's how I imagine it. So like if you just walk you walk to the pub and you farm sheep. That's they they still do that. Um, dude, if this was if this was modern day. Column would have unfriended uh, <laughs> nah, man, they don't. Podrick on uh, social media. He would they have been out of his, uh, his, fave, out. his fave top eight on our they don't have, uh, on uh, MySpace. They don't have old head here. <laughs> they don't have uh, cell phone towers in, in Sheeran or wherever it is. Um, sure. <laughs> so a lot of great performances in this movie. Um, I, I thought like it, it got darker towards the end of the movie, um, but I think this movie, it, it kind of really um, – it strives on everyone, like all the actors in it. Um, Barry Keegan is one of my favorite new actors. Um, I, I, I love him in everything I've seen him in. Uh, I think he's phenomenal. Um, I, I just, the story, it, it, I think what I liked about the story so much is like, it kind of kept taking a left turn where you didn't expect it, where like, you know, spoilers, um, Colm even says, he's like, the, when you talk to me, I'm going to cut my fingers off we've all said things like that to our friends. It's like, yo, leave me alone. Or I swear to God, I'm going to like jump in front of traffic. Colm's actually going to do this stuff. Like I, I, know, I probably, that. yeah, Col- I'm, I'm not saying you did, but Colm is actually like, Colm would be like, you talk to me again. I'm going to jump in front of a car if they existed back then, which clearly they didn't, but no, he just takes shears and snap and cuts his fingers off. Not just one. He cuts all of his friggin' fingers off. And I, like, I like it just, it kept going where they show him with his stubs and I'm like, Oh, Oh. And then the doll or that was it the, um, was it the donkey chokes on a finger and dies. Mm. And then Dominic mm-hmm. ends up floating in the water dead. And it's just like, I'm like, what? Like by the time this movie was over, I was like, I don't know if I should be sad. Like, I don't know how I should be feeling. Like it, it just felt weird. Um, I loved it though. I thought like it, it kind of kept me on the edge of my seat. Like it's not, it's not a horror movie or like a big action movie. It's it's a very simple like drama that I kept wondering what was gonna happen next. Um but yeah, I love I, I, I would go like three seven five out of five. Um if if the performances were kinda like I, I think if the performances weren't like the, the actors that weren't as good as they were, I'd probably go a little lower to like three, but they, they really like amped it up for me. Um but yeah, I'll throw it to you guys. Harry, you want to? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, I'll go next on it because this didn't hit me uh, the same as uh, Hanratty. Um, Martin McDonough, you know, the director of this film, I absolutely love in Bruges, um, which also stars Colin Farrell and, uh, and Gleason um, as Brendan Gleason as well. Um but and I didn't really love Three Billboards. Not a huge fan of Seven Psychopaths. I think it's fine. Um, and this one just it never really captured me. I think the way it captured Hands. Um, and again, I liked all the actors in the movie. It's just it wasn't landing with me the same way I had hoped. Um, and I had heard so many good things going into this, and it was well reviewed and well received. And it opened the night of the film festival and. I knew it was going to come out, you know, and be available to go see. So I just waited. Um, and I, I hope Colin Farrell gets recognized for it. Um, but it just, it left me a little bit wanting. Um, I didn't really vibe 
with what they were giving me for the movie. So yeah, I gave it I gave it three out of five, um, which I think I'm in the minority because everyone I know, you know, my letter letterboxed and even the score, you know, in Rotten Tomatoes, if you want to go there, um, have really loved this one and uh, have kind of championed it. Um, and I think it will get a lot of awards love. It's just um, not going to get that love from me. So uh, this one is a, I don't want to say a pass for me, but you know, I wouldn't go out of your way if this is not up, uh, not up your alley in some form of, you know, uh, the director or, you know, this type of movie. So Papa, what about for you? Um, what were your feelings? Are you team, are you team hands or Harry on this one? uh i'm i'm team harry man and uh to quote batman from uh batman begins now there's two of us um yeah i just uh you know it's the same i i i think you hit the nail on the head in saying you were left wanting uh because i kind of got that same vibe like the performances great cinematography awesome gorgeous um but and I love period pieces also, yeah. but there was just something about this that didn't quite hit. Like I, I enjoy black comedies. Um, I, I just, I don't know what it was. Uh, I think maybe, maybe there was a little bit of a hype train to this and it's like, okay. And I, I just expecting, expected something a little more elevated than what we got. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, I will say uh, I, d- I struggled initially to find like when was this taking place also hands because um, yeah you're right it was like is this you know just some remote village on the Irish countryside where everything's within walking distance or is this taking place in a different century um, and the answer ended up being the latter which I found out via Wikipedia because I had to look it up because it was <laughs> yeah, driving me nuts so did I yep and then and then they say you know later on oh the war's going on over there and you figure out okay it's definitely not modern day um so there was that but the, you know that it is what it is um if anything i think maybe one of the main problems i had is just that both characters i couldn't pick a side like they're both unlikable uh Colin yeah. is a psychopath um because that's us, who that's would Irish people <laughs> who would legitimately uh cut their fingers off because they they just don't want to speak with someone anymore really weird and then you have um better's fingers Roger, then. who's who is exceedingly dull he uh, calm hit the nail on the head with that one so I mean, yeah, their performances respectively were great, but the characters themselves were not likable. And it's just like, I I can't even root for anybody, you know? So that, that kind of takes me out of the game a little bit. Um, one thing I will note, though, I am not a huge Barry Keegan fan, and I really enjoyed him in this. I thought he gave a, a, a really great offbeat and kind of sympathetic uh performance and um uh so kudos to him and i definitely want to see uh more barry keegan like this um story also i found kind of slow uh you know just neither here nor there but yeah. it didn't quite move at the pace i was looking for uh last note um definitely a movie for subtitles unless <laughs> unless oh, you yeah. come from mother ireland uh yeah 
best to watch this. I saw this in a theater, so it was a bit uh, a bit tough at some point. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like 90% Irish, and I can't understand the Celtic language at all. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, I had to rewind a couple times because I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I can read Irish. Like, like. <laughs> As Jeez noted Louise. by calling the character P. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what, um, what, what up, P? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Um, it just uh didn't didn't live up to what I was looking for. Not a bad movie, but I also give it three out of five stars. And uh yeah, I would I would say, look, you're probably not missing much if you decide to skip this. So I, I just for the record, and you know we've known each other a long time. I would be heartbroken and devastated if either one of you guys came up to me, whether it's in the office or somewhere, and just said, "I don't want to talk to you no more" in an Irish accent, and then that was it. So that's all. Mm. Well, don't worry about that. That'll never. If happen. you're if you're gonna do that, do it in an Irish accent. Fine. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Fair. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm up next, right? Sure. Oh, thanks. Um, I uh, went to the went to the movies. We were talking a little bit about the Fablemans, another movie that uh, I really wanted to see and was disappointed. Obviously, are the you know the the monster that is known as Avatar Two: Way of Water is sucking up all the dollars of premium format. So I had to try to find a way to watch the film Babylon, um, <laughs> which. Uh, I wanted to see uh, really bad, um, but was trying to find the way. And I, I found a laser projector down in the city of Philadelphia um, at one of the AMCs and uh, had a wonderful time. Picture quality uh, sound sound was OK, but um, I think it was because we sat so far back. But um, Babylon is Damien Chazelle's new movie. Um, it's a it's a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess, tracing the rise and fall of multiple characters during an error of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Um, so this kind of takes place a little bit before the talkies, as you guys uh, would like to make fun of me. Uh, it stars Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and uh, Diego Calva, um, who uh, is, I don't want to say new to the scene, but I wasn't very familiar with a lot of his stuff because uh, he hasn't really been in a lot. So those are kind of the three heads of this. And then uh, Jovan uh, Adepeo, uh, or Adipo. Um, he plays another kind of, it's kind of like a four person story um, into, into their world. But you know, there's, there's focus more on a, on a couple of characters, but I wanted to mention him um, because he does get some uh, screen time on center stage. Um, man. Um, I feel as though if you watch this movie uh, in the first 30 minutes, uh, you're either going to be in or out on this. Um and I watched this movie and I was hooked. I was immediately in. Um, it really, you know, some of the words that I used um, in regards to excess um, and just, you know, depravity. Um, and like I said, I think in the first, honestly, in the first maybe 10 minutes, I, I you know, I think there would be some people who would be maybe turned off by it. But uh, I think if you make it to the title credits, which I don't think show up until the first 30 um, you're either you're either loving it or you're hating it um, and maybe hate watching. But uh, this movie absolutely rocks. Um, it uh, it's 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 really I like I said, excessive is such a good word for it because that's the way the characters um, are in a way. And that that that's the pace of the movie. And um, 
it's funny watching this movie and thinking about Damien Chazelle's other movie, uh, La La Land, or as Chris likes to call it, Blah Blah Land. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess depending on your feelings on that, but this movie is just such a um, left turn um, that I feel people who know Damien Chazelle's work, I, w- I would say it's it's kind of closer to Whiplash and um, – uh, one of his other films that I can't think of right now. Give me uh, a first, maybe first man of just not being so flashy and, and fun. Um, Cause I feel like La La Land kind of has that, you know, um, style of just kind of not trying to be perfect, but um, seeming that way. And uh, this movie uh, absolutely knocked my socks off. I gave it four and a half out of five. Uh, I was tempted to give it five just because of the way I felt coming out of the theater. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's my feelings on Babylon. I was so happy I got a chance to check it out. Um, it would, it's hard for me to recommend. I even was having an off uh, off air conversation with Greg, and you know he was questioning me about like why don't you think I would like it? And I mean, me and Greg, uh, yeah, I send him uh, an, an, another inside the world of uh, the Papa Spices hot takes. Uh, I sent him a, a tweet today about uh when your friend logs a letterbox review, when you've been begging him to see this movie and it's two out of five stars. Um, I feel like that's how me and Greg uh, go a lot of times. So, um, and I know with La La Land, I I pulled Hanratty and his wife to go see it and they absolutely thought it was fine. uh, And I was over the moon about it. Uh, So fine. Well, yeah, listen, I think you were being generous at the time and you guys probably drove home and said that was a pile of garbage. I hated it. Why did we go do that? Um, But I appreciate you coming out and hanging out with me. Harry's suggestions again. Yeah, I don't think think I've seen a movie with him since, to be honest, um, unless it was a Disney animated movie. Um, I said I said to Catherine, I don't want to talk to him no more. Yeah, yeah, right. He's gonna start cutting off his fingers. Good callback hands. Great. Um, Great callback. Yeah. and uh and yeah i would absolutely i don't know i just i love this movie um i did hear from uh someone uh described this movie uh on a podcast saying if this was the last movie ever uh this would be what a period to to film um yeah so i don't know go see babylon don't see it i don't know what to tell you i mean hopefully i got intrigued so uh papa i'll throw it over to you since me and you probably had the most uh conversations about this one yeah, so I mean, I have not seen it since that time. Uh, it's also sorry, I forgot to mention it's like three hours and ten minutes, so it's not woo-hoo. like it's uh, it's an easy like, hey, let me just throw this on. Uh, you gotta carve out the time. Yeah, um, I do still want to see it, despite your, uh, in spite of you, I should say, to <laughs> yeah. suggest it. Yeah, um, you know, I yeah, I saw your review and it was something that was on my radar before. I I do think I had seen the trailer, but I think I also get get this mixed up a little bit with Amsterdam. Um, Fair enough, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I I do want to see this, and your review got me excited. Um, that said, I don't see myself being able to get out to the theater again. You know, time is precious. Uh, and it's just you know it, it's tough to make happen. So I can't wait to you drop twenty be... bucks on this, and you call me in the middle <laughs> of the night saying, "What did you do?" <laughs> well, yeah. So that there goes the other thing with this is I I'm not going to spend money to rent this. Like I want to see it, oh. not that desperately. So I'll wait till this hits streaming, and then I absolutely will check it out. Um, that's actually kind of a what was the uh, Guillermo del Toro movie from last year that was. 
in awards Shape, running. Shape of Water? Oh, no. Nightmare no. Alley. The Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of in the same boat where it's like, I really want to see it. Not gonna like. I'm gonna wait until that hits streaming, and right, sure enough, I did, and I watched it, and it was it was good. Um, but yeah, so excited for Babylon. Gonna be a little bit before I get yeah. to it. Uh, Hans, how about you? Any any thoughts on Babylon? Yeah, I'm not gonna say it. Um, <laughs> I, I I did My show. Guy. I I I think I did. Like, I remember seeing the trial. I'm like, okay, this looks okay. But I, I unlike, like, I, I feel like my. Hate my desire to see movies about the movies is like I just I feel like I've seen enough of them and it just like I don't know like it doesn't I guess the story doesn't entice me as much it doesn't like draw me as much so uh, so I, I, I will say this hand ready I feel like you will love this movie um or at least have an opinion on this movie that is like this is like the way you felt about Banshees and not knowing how to feel I feel like this would. Uh, take that to the next level. So that that's my pitch to you in regards to how it, dare so. you? You know I'm I mean, looking forward to this, and you're like, you're not gonna like it. No, Hans like, doesn't care less, and you're like, I think you'll really enjoy this. No, no, like I, I don't Betrayal. know. Like, I, I see it like I like, I like the cast. I like Margot Robbie, and isn't is it the movie with Tobey Maguire? Tobey uh, Maguire is, is in this movie. Yes, no, that's okay. Uh, so like, I feel like this would definitely be a streaming movie. I mean, like, even if even if this was like years ago, like when I had that time to go mm-hmm. to the movies, I probably yeah. still wouldn't see it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Maybe I still I'd haven't seen you. that that Quentin Tarantino movie about making movies. Uh, Once upon a time, time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, I haven't seen. You got to see that. That movie slaps. I know. I, I really want to go watch. Also, it. you can't see the Fablemans then because that's about making movies, so you can't yeah. go watch that. Big, so. big time. Hans is going to wait for this to hit me uh, the Netflix do. DVD service. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me what I can't do, sir. Yeah, listen, I'm just I don't want you to cut off your fingers, so I'm just a little, a little <laughs> concerned. Okay. So. All right. All right Who's up talk. next? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great transition. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, Hans. Uh, did you? I didn't do a round two yet, right? What? No, he did. Yeah, oh, he did yeah, Banshees. I did, okay. I, I did Banshees, the best movie of the year. Um, uh, so I'm gonna just move on. I'll do. I'll do my next one. Um, I'll something I just watched last night, and I wanted to keep this fresh for the the pod was uh, Glass Onion. Um, Ryan Johnson, who uh, from Star Wars fame, as everyone knows. Uh, God damn. <laughs> this is a um a sequel i guess of some sort i mean uh, there's no connection to in the universe it's yeah it's, yeah. it's a, a, an anthology the knives out anthology of benoit blanc who's a the greatest detective in the world is trying to solve the murder of um of uh of someone and he's called to an island that's uh, Edward Norton's Island. Uh, I, I keep forgetting his name, and I just watched Miles. Miles Braun. Yeah. Um, and just call me Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was wondering who they were going to get. I didn't know that Norton was playing him, and I was like, I, like as soon as I met him, I'm like, yeah, this is this is Elon Musk. Um, so I don't want to like. This is one where I don't want to go into too many spoilers, even though I'm pretty sure that all three of us have seen it because this movie is very fresh in terms of like been out for two weeks. And this is the kind yeah. of movie where I think you need to have your have the spoiler like the the end thirty minutes um, kind of as spoiler free as possible. I'd, um, I'd even I'd even say the second half of the movie. I don't know. That, if Greg right. would agree, so there is a there is a point there's a in turn. The movie. 
there's a turn. There is yeah. a point in the movie that you get the one point and then it shifts gears and goes back a little bit. Um, at that point, you like you should probably you know avoid anything for second half. This movie's fantastic. This movie's funny. This movie has a lot of mystery. It has a great cast. I don't even like Kate Hudson. She's phenomenal in this movie. Um, <laughs> someone who – Batista, who uh, you know, news came out today. He's given up Guardians, which I think is great for him. Good for him. He's, is great in this movie. He's a standout for me, and he's been a standout in everything I've seen him in outside of superhero or whatever you know, related movies. Um, so I hope he um, – I, I hope he, you know, like kind of does more of this and and steps a little outside of the superhero world. Um, and and you know, without giving too much away, this I think this is better than Knives Out. Um, Knives Out had like the kind of a, a like a second half, like maybe a third act that it went a little bit all over the place. This this third act, or even when you know you start to get to the end of like of the crime being solved, is is bonkers like the the motives of all like of like some of the people who you know like once you figure out who the murderer is and why they're murdered it's you need to watch this movie twice like i intend to watch it again to catch things from the the previous um you know when when i watched it last night um everyone in this movie is great edward norton's phenomenal i i can't remember last time i saw him in a movie in general um (laughs) i i I mean i know he's been been in stuff but i haven't seen him i think i i don't even know what um and daniel craig is i i haven't seen all the bond movies yet but um somebody should probably get you a gift that has a majority of the bond movies i know they're they're, yeah that might be a good idea for someone um i will say like like daniel craig his two best roles and, and this goes with with knives out as well um this and knives out and logan lucky he's like a very underrated comedic actor and like deserves any kind of praise that he gets from this movie. Uh, he's probably not going to get an award um, or like a nomination, but he should like maybe like a golden globe for the like, best comedic performance. I dude, put this guy up for an Oscar. Cause he is, he is amazing in this movie. Um, Hot this... take hands with the, uh, the take of, he loves when, uh, Daniel Craig throws on some type of Southern, Southern drawl to his, uh, to Dude, his style. He is, he is Huge such a fan great, over there. He is such a great actor. And, and like Logan Lucky is, is amazing. Um, this is more, um, I guess you have to kind of like suspension of like disbelief with a lot of the story and the motives of some of the characters in this compared to knives out. Like it's not just a murder mystery. It, there's a lot more like going on. And I think that makes the, the, the movie better. Like the last 10 minutes of this movie, it just, it's, it's dumb. It even says it, it's dumb, but in a, in a completely good, like, a good comedy murder mystery. Like this is even better than the Adam Sandler movie called murder mystery. Um, that's also on Netflix. So just want to toss that out there. Um, I know you guys have seen it. I don't know how like recent, I think, did you guys see this at the film festival? I thought you did, or I did. I did not. Harry did. Okay. All right. I'll throw it to you guys. Papa, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I, do have to disagree with you about the comparison to this uh to knives out with this i um i found knives out to be the better film 
between the two. Um, it was a bit darker and more realistic. Like you can hear the phrase uh, bigger is better. And I think that's what they were going for with this. But um, I don't, I don't feel like it was better. Um, it was still really enjoyable, but I prefer knives out to this. Um, very fun movie. Great ensemble cast. Like you said, uh, the characters are a bit more cartoonish here. Um, but I guess it kind of fits with the story and the theme. I thought the standouts in this, uh, outside of Daniel Craig, who, yeah, give me Benoit Blanc movies all day. <laughs> um, outside of Daniel Craig, uh, Dave Bautista and Janelle Monet, both fantastic here. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, uh, <laughs> one thing I was disappointed with, and this isn't so much the movie's fault, and this is going to be old man standing on a soapbox oh, no. material, but uh, but there was like a flood of memes shortly after this was released with people doing Benoit Blanc, uh, like typing out tweets and stuff like that in his um, voice oh, or geez. doing memes of it. And it's like, dude, I please don't make this Austin Powers or Borat all over again. <laughs> like, I enjoy the character. Like, I don't need people trying to be funny in and just doing an over the top like Foghorn Leghorn impression, like just sure. hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> just cut the crap. Let Benoit be Benoit. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, really good. Um, still much more refreshing and entertaining than ninety five percent of the other stuff out there uh, from Hollywood. Um, so yeah, make sure to inbreviate and go check this out enjoyable i give it four out of five stars yeah um i i don't want to call knives out the first one like a perfect movie um or like kind of like a just a perfect experience darn close though yeah it's 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 for me i really really enjoyed the first knives out um i'm pretty sure i saw that at at one of the film festivals full theater um, you know, all the jokes are hitting, the mystery is hitting. Um, and I think it was just the surprise of like looking forward to this movie and seeing the cast for it. And then actually it's exceeding your expectations. Um, with this new one, I, I was excited for, but you know, I was going in like, you know, we'll see if it's going to be as good as the next one. And I'm super excited for knives out three. Um, and I really enjoyed this one. Um, it's just I don't, you know, hand to hand hands is comment about being better than the knives out the knives out over glass onion. I would I would take knives out. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, as Papa mentioned, Janelle Monet is absolutely incredible in this. Um, you know, uh, there's been rumors about uh, a Benoit Blanc Muppets crossover. Let's do it uh, fully in on that. Um, and just, you know, it, it was funny when this cast list was coming out of, you know, who's not in this movie. Um, and there's a couple cameos in this movie as well that pop up that I won't spoil. Um, you know, as Hanratty mentioned, with it only being out a couple weeks. So, you know, hopefully maybe you got a chance to see it in theaters over Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's now streaming on Netflix. Um, you know, Knives Out 3 will be on Netflix. Hopefully, you know, um, I think that's all Netflix, Netflix paid for. So. Um, I'll be able to, we'll be able to see if it's, uh, you know, where the next one goes, but, uh, yeah, four to five stars for me as well. Highly, highly recommend this. Um, you know, if you haven't seen either one, definitely watch both of them. 
Um, if you're unsure of the second one, I would definitely uh, find the time to see it because it's just as uh, a step below, but just as enjoyable as, as the first as far as its style. So highly recommend. Better than the first. Okay. You can be alone on people. that island. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we do have two pieces of content left, and I believe all of us or most of us have seen both. Um, we'll start with the first one, which is Andor. Uh, Hans, did you see this or no? Nope. Have you watched? No, it but I have. I am no. starting this tomorrow. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So beautiful for Andor. I gotta say, I it like I didn't start this until about a week or two ago. Um, and it had been out for about a month, if not longer. Um, the series was wrapped up by the time I started it. So let me, it, it had to be going on for like two months. Uh, Andor is a character that, I mean, he was okay in Rogue One. I didn't feel strongly either way about him. So when I found out this Disney Plus show was um, getting made and going to be released, I wasn't terribly excited for it. I was like, okay, sure. I'll check it out. And sure enough, you know, it, it came and went and I didn't watch it until after it was completed. Um, that was a mistake on my part. I really, really enjoyed this. And, you know, I see a lot of people calling for star Wars to be more like this kind of more gritty or realistic or, you know, boots on the ground. And I do disagree with that take um for me i'm i'm pretty basic in that i love jedi i love the fantasy aspect of star wars um but i do think that there is a place for this type of story and i'm very happy that it was told um you know i'm not going to go into spoilers with this because i there i want you to go and enjoy it also hands and i i do think that you'll you'll really like this but um but i will say it's it's very interesting because everything up to this point within the star Wars franchise universe, whatever, um, whenever we take a look at the empire or the rebellion, we always see, um, we see the macro, like we see it on a zoomed out level. And this takes both the empire and the rebellion. And I'm very careful to say rebellion because this is not the rebel Alliance yet. Uh, at least from what they're they're indicating, but it takes both of those and zooms in to the micro, and I really like that. You see how you know equipment that the Empire needs is being built, and what exactly what dastardly methods they are are implementing to get that stuff done. Um, you see the torture techniques that uh, the empire utilizes that were kind of previously done off screen in films. Um, You know, you, you see that there are different factions that are rebelling against the empire. And it's not just this one cohesive kumbaya unit. That's all working in lockstep to, to take down the big bad. There's different Different aspects of guerrilla warfare going on. Um, So, I found that all very interesting. Uh, we do see some familiar characters outside of Andor. Not going to spoil those, but um, I think their inclusions were really well done, and I was happy with them. Um, and yeah, this this made me care 
about Andor, and I am very excited to see season two. Uh, one last note. Um, I had it, and then I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, if I uh, if I think about yeah. it, then um, uh, I'll get back to it. But well, but yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I remember what it was now, and I can't believe I forgot. Um, Andy Circus. So I'm I'm not going to get into the details surrounding his character. It's widely known uh, if you're on the internet. He is in the the show. Um, his performance was tremendous, and just seeing him in here and it's not a huge part but like it just once again reminds me how undervalued and underappreciated his acting skills are like he anytime he's in a role it could be an outlandish role it could be a scaled back role but he's always believable in the role and i just I really appreciate that from him. And I, I feel like he just does not get the credit or kudos that he deserves. But once again, turns out another great performance. Uh, Hair thoughts on uh, Andor. Yeah, I'm actually really upset. We didn't, uh, we didn't, we didn't all do this one together for an episode last Big year. Miss on our part, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Sorry guys for not watching it. No, no, no. I, <laughs> it's all I, on meant, I meant at the time it was on. Yeah. It's just, oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sorry then. <laughs> no, it's just I wish we would have taken, you know, the time out to to follow the show a little bit closer because one, I think it's broken down into, you know, different sections of the show. I think it, the first three episodes dropped originally and it's 12 episodes, which is, I don't want to say unusual for a lot of these, you know, Disney, you know, shows that they've been dropping, but um, I don't know many of them have gotten 12 other than maybe uh, was, uh, was WandaVision 12? Well whatever um i feel like andor is the only thing that's been 12 yeah i think i think wandavision was 10 um but anyway um highly highly recommend the show hands i'm super excited for you to start it uh i would suggest watching with subtitles because there is it is very heavy on dialogue and a lot of information um and like i said it kind of breaks down into a couple different parts there's kind of the first three episodes then it kind of jumps into another three to four episodes and then that kind of transfers into the final um i guess three episodes of the season um you know when it when it changes uh course but um yeah it's just it's as somebody you know and i i know greg is you know and you probably just said this but like who's a big jedi person um you know this this show to me uh is it almost makes me want to rewatch the prequels in a way um one through three because of how much when i watched them when i was younger i was like can we just get to like the cool destiny Jedi stuff? Like I don't want to talk politics and the clone wars and all that stuff, but um, you know, it, it made me really excited for hopefully the future of not only star Wars content, but hopefully some Marvel stuff, hopefully, you know, any other Disney type properties of just trying to make more of an adult show. Um, and I don't mean that as like, you know, not telling Jedi stories or something of that nature, but giving pretty much all the characters that are introduced to this world when we know for the most part what and we know what Andor's story ends up being, you know, and a lot of the other players, you know, we can kind of read the lore or, you know, recognize the names and not recognize some of the names and be like, well, you know, you're you might not be long in the tooth. Um but just the 
the storytelling in the show, the dialogue, the writing, the the visual effects, the moments of impact. You know, I found myself getting emotional at many different moments during the show, not, you know, not verging on tears, but just going, damn, you know, and just feeling feeling for these characters. And, and they do such a good job of making you invested in them, um, which is a testament, I think, to the writing um, and the design of the show. And I'm, I'm glad they were they allowed the show to breathe. I hope more people watch it because I think it's something that a lot of people have missed or haven't seen. So um, highest of highest recommendations for Andor, you know, as we do with our movies, I would give this five out of five. Um, I know the story hasn't been fully told yet, um, but you know, uh, I'm, ex- I'm s- I can't wait for the next season. We're, we're de- I'm going to bully you guys into covering it. So um, if I have to, <laughs> it, so yeah, it is uh, it, it's exciting and encouraging that something that a story so outside of the box was allowed to be told. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Cause you know, even, even stuff with like the Mandalorian or, or book of Boba Fett or, you know, any of the other content that we get, it's, it's all got like, it's different and it's yeah. good. Um, but it, it, it all has kind of a familiar feel to it. Yeah. Whereas this, Agreed. like, it's like, you know, it's star Wars, but there's, it has its there's own some feel. gravity here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ferrix where the majority of, I don't want to say the majority of the show takes place, but that feels like a place, you know what I mean? Right. It, it feels like it's own unique. It doesn't feel like a desert, a desert town that the Mandalorians travel into or the right. same, you know, whatever it has, it has people it has its own you know um style and uh that was that was really enjoyable to see hands any any thoughts on Andor? i'm excited for you to start hands now i'll do a quick five minute review next episode nice <laughs> okay. wow I, I, all right you're binging okay yeah i'm playing through it i uh, I, 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 well, I i've been wanting to watch it for forever and then i'm like now i'm like i yeah. i have to yeah. Especially after these, yeah. Blowers. Especially Harry giving it a, a Disney Plus show a five out of five. Like I, I need to jump on it now. I didn't. And I it's, didn't. It's, yeah. It, I, I, well, was I was just going to say going four and a half. Sorry, but I, but I didn't. No, I think no, five out okay. of five. I think it's. I, this is this is what I want from Marvel. This is what I would like the chances to, for Marvel to take with these shows or in general. Um, I know I you know I love I love She Hulk and not a lot of people do. Um, you know, but outside of this group. Um, but, uh, it's just, I, I want them to take, you know, themselves a little bit more seriously, but also have development of their characters. Um, yeah, go ahead, Papa. Sorry, cut you off. Uh, no, no, it's all good. I, I was just going to add, um, you know, this was kind of like a similar situation to Top Gun Maverick where like nonstop positive feedback, like didn't yeah. see anybody have any type of hate for it on the internet, which is pretty rare, especially for something like Star Wars. And I was like, no way, no way. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Go in, watch it. And I was like, no, this this is pretty great. So yeah. I definitely lived up to it. And I'm sure you will find yeah. that. As and Hanred, if, well. if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it in sittings, there's there's a good point, like I said, for like, it's like three episodes each almost where you can kind of just get to a point, there's take like a day or two, arcs. jump back in if you need to. So um, if you plan on watching it that way, if you're going episode to episode, then, you know, do your best. Okay, cool. Thanks, Josh. Uh, all right, so we're going to move on to the last piece of content. This is something that miraculously uh, we all watched. Um, 
although Chris and I uh, were a little uh, late to the game, and that is the HBO Max show, uh, or I guess HBO show, uh, The White Lotus. Um, so, Harry, you had previously seen season one, correct? Yeah, this was on my uh, fave five of last year that we did um, with our, uh, our our distinguished guests. Um, but yeah, the, this, this made my list last year, and uh, I believe it made my list this year i'm pretty sure i'll have to look back i'm not sure <laughs> uh you guys go listen to the year-end fave five yeah you let, let us, us know, know no list. i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> I, I i'm pretty sure it did i'm pretty sure it did but go ahead uh yeah so i watched season one and season two um there will be spoilers for this we'll say just to um just to throw that out there. Uh, so if you haven't seen season one or season two of white Lotus, you may want to skip ahead, but anyway, um, I found myself, I, I really enjoyed season one of the white Lotus. Although, uh, I don't think it was, it was like well-rounded. Perfect. Um, mm. like I, it's certainly like, I wouldn't, and or I it was very hard to find flaws with the white Lotus. There were some things that I, I was kind of like uh, not completely in on uh, music was very offbeat for me. And I, I don't think it fit. Um, I did. I really enjoyed uh, the aspect of season one where it was almost half from the perspective of the staff and half from the perspective of the guests. Um, the guests were all somewhat interesting to me uh or, or not, i wouldn't say somewhat i would say pretty interesting and something that i was unaware of until harry had mentioned it was that you know season one was filmed during the pandemic so you know location wise it's all fairly confined um which is necessarily the yeah. case with uh season two but uh but yeah really really enjoyed season one um was a little disappointed with uh you know one of the characters uh ultimate fate um but i i liked it uh season two i did not enjoy gotta say um i liked the setting although i kind of preferred that we would have stayed with the the cast from season one and, and the setting of that but uh but I understand, you know, this opens up storytelling possibilities for them. Um, I didn't like that they actually had uh, Tanya McQuad uh, return um, and, mm, and Greg. Uh, yeah, which um, it just it seems like, you know, if you're going to do a setting for a, a new season and it's going to be completely different, like just make it a clean break. You know, don't have any continuity other than the hotel chain name and that's it um don't get me wrong you know jennifer coolidge a uh, really solid actress and she had she had some um outstanding moments uh performance wise in season one but i just i don't know i felt like i could have done without her story um overall for season two i just uh i wasn't as invested in the storylines for almost all of the characters um the i i don't remember their names but the uh the two prostitutes um kind of liked mia, their... and lucia. mia lucia lucia thank you lucia. Um, i was really invested in them i wanted them to live their best life yeah well no same i you know i kind of i wanted to see them do their thing and and you know they seemed 
the most lively and, uh, you know, wanting, uh, wanting Lucia to, to break free, um, and seeing, you know, Mia's aspirations, uh, yeah. kind of play out. So that was pretty cool. And, and I, I did enjoy following their arcs, the rest, not so much. I, Albie, I guess was kind of entertaining. Um, but wife, wife is the- a huge fan of Albie, uh, would literally follow yeah. Albie, uh, anywhere. So huge Albie head. Big Albie head. Here. Yeah. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Um, no, but yeah, like the the rest of the characters, I just I didn't care about, or I was disappointed with, like the story with um, Aubrey Plaza's character and her husband. Mm. I just was not happy with how that whole thing played out. Uh, not a fan at all, and it you know it's like okay, you have two characters that seem likable in the beginning. Uh, although it's questionable why they would ever take this trip with, you know, the, the two people they took the trip with. Um, and then it just ends up kind of exploding. And, you know, I've talked about it before. I'm generally speaking, a happy ending guy. Yeah. It wasn't that big of a happy ending for them. Um, and the, the death of, of Tanya, uh, was, um, kind of shocking. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I didn't really want to see her again anyway. So I guess it makes sense. I don't know. Greg uh, said, well, yeah, I so didn't I really want you to be here anyway. So cool. <laughs> I, well, yeah, um, I, I will tune in for season three, assuming they do season three based right. off of the strength of season one. But um, if it turns out to be another season like season two, I, I'm going to check out pretty quick. So mm. I don't know. That's my thoughts on White Lotus. Uh, Hans, how about you? So being late to the party, I loved it. Um, I, so I agree with you. And so both Catherine and I watched it. Um, so season one, I think, was overall a much better, um, a much better story. Uh, like you said, you're much more invested in the characters. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I loved Armand. I think he, his character was great. And, yeah, you know, he was. He, he was. He was hilarious. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I do think it's funny. Like, was it Mike White, the creator? And they, yeah, he did confirm they are doing a season three. Um, and I okay. think they're probably going to start. I don't know if he wrote it, but they have an idea of where they're going. It's like it's been rumored that it's already filming, maybe. Yeah, I think it's supposed to take place somewhere in Asia, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's like Japan, maybe Japan, but I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. Um. So, Mike White, I, you know, I, I it's funny. I I need to be in a writer's room for this because it's like, all right, well, now we need to figure <laughs> out like where how we're gonna end the episode. And there's like that big red button. It's like people having sex. This is how we're gonna end it. <laughs> people having sex. Um, because that's how pretty we much start the it? first. But, it's what? HBO, Probably baby. Someone eating breakfast, and then it's bam, people having sex. Like, at, like at, out of the fourteen episodes, I think I think it's like eight of them. Um, at the end, uh, which is, you know, I'm not, I, whatever, I'm not creating a show, so whatever. Um, I think the, 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 the guests were a lot more interesting with their, like, with a lot of their, like, motivations and their, their backgrounds, um, especially, like, with, like, in the first season with, um, oh my god, I cannot remember his name, that Steve Zahn. His character yeah. was hilarious because yeah. he thought he was like sick, and then he finds out like how his dad died, and he's just like on a da- mental downward spiral. Yeah. We've all been yeah. down that and, rabbit hole with <laughs> WebMD. Um, <laughs> um, and it's it just I think his 
and like his relations, like his relationship with his, his family and his kids, is and how he tries to have a relationship with his son. Um, what I love about the and what the storytelling is, um, nobody like every character is the same as they were. Like, there's no like from when we first meet them, they're still the way they are. This is not like a show where your character is going to change and they go through like some some event revolution, gonna, like like they're like a revolution. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone is the exact same, with the exception of the son, and I cannot remember his name. Um, Quinn, I think the one Quinn, who wanted maybe, to stay in Hawaii. Who wants to stay in Hawaii? Who <gasps> love it? I don't know how far he got before the family realized he wasn't on the plate. So don't I, care. Whatever. Beautiful. Whatever. Um, but ever everyone like was just where they were. That stuck. Like they were just back in their regular life. Now. I thought that was like you know I, I just I I kind of like that from a storytelling standpoint because it's like you you just they didn't learn any lesson from whatever they did like they went through some stuff especially like the two teenage girls or the two college girls who got the one guy arrested and it just I I felt like their motivations were weird but they were just young college girls and they're gonna go on and back get back home and just forget this even happened for the most for the most yeah. part. Season two, I think some of that some of that was a little frustrating, though, none more so, though, than um, the the wife of the uh, the rich guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like the the whole season, she Mm. realizes he is not the one and that she needs to leave this relationship. Flash forward in the last episode. Oh, and she decides to acquiesce and and live that life with him, right. and it's like that makes no sense. Yeah, it's... money Pete will make you do office. crazy things. Pete from the last season of The Office that I had no idea it was him until like the last like second to the last episode, um, <laughs> right. which blew me through. Like I was like, oh my god. Um, second season, I-, I agree in terms of storytelling. Like none of the characters were really that interesting. I will disagree with you in terms of Tanya coming back. I thought it was great. I, I liked her coming back, but I think I liked how they included Greg a lot more in the overall plot of the story. I will say that the second half of the of of season two did pick up with um with Tanya's story. Um and I liked how they made it look like, you know, like now the overall like it's not gonna be the main story most likely through the whole the whole season three but it like the like a, a continual theme is like greg's gonna somehow be involved like i'm assuming he's gonna come back for season three and maybe stay at the the white lotus in japan like you, you that's why i i think he'll be back um Interesting. i loved the the you know the two prostitutes getting away with it and conning that whole family thinking that she was in trouble when she wasn't um and she got the the hotel um employee to act like her pimp which I thought was absolutely genius. <laughs> Catherine missed it at the end. She's like, what are you talking? I was like, my mouth was like wide open. I'm like, oh my God. She's like, why? I'm like, there was never a pimp. Like she played these people for the $50,000. Like they, they I like, that's genius. Yeah. Um, they were the only likable, likable characters, to be honest. Like, and that's what like the show, like you're most on, like the people that you root for the most are, aren't really like they're, uh, I don't want to say they're morally corrupt, but they have the best intentions. Like they, they, they ski, they conned a rich, like this rich white guy who came to Italy or Sicily and basically made their lives better. And 
I don't care if they like if he like he even said like that's nothing to him like that money's nothing to him yeah but it changes their life like like significantly um and I like how they were pretty much the only two that really came out on top and you know that was their reasons moral not really but I I think that I think the fact that they're the ones that got the happy ending I think they deserved it and I think they were kind of leading to that point early in the season to make it look like they were going to be, I guess the heroines. Mm. I, I, at least who you're rooting for. And even for Lucia, like you really want to root for her because she, she does seem like she plays it off. Like she's in some deep crap, but she's not, I mean, she played the game and, and, and she won. So, um, Tanya's death. I, I think that, that I was not expecting that at all. Um, I thought that was like I when she hit her head, I'm like, I can't she's not dead. And Catherine's like she hit her head after falling off of a boat. Like she's floating in the water, she's dead. I was like, all right. But um It's like dude, she she did the whole James Bond deal dude, and totally I, you know, I was cracking up when she was like shooting everyone. Freak and accident. I, and, and I thought her husband maybe I thought this was all gonna be like a ploy and her husband set it up. Like it wasn't she was mm-hmm. never in real danger. And her husband like kind of set the whole thing up to make it look like it's she all about was, money, baby. He was trying like, to get that it, money. Like she was in danger, but he was going to save her. But it turns out that like it looks like no, he hired these this group to to kill her. Um, so I, I, you know, how they. I hope he comes back for season three. I like his character. Um, I think he's a great actor. Uh, I, you know, he he's another one who pops up in things. Like he, he had a, a nice little role in Lost. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I if they go to Japan. I hope they start bringing back, like, not just them. Like, I hope they bring back a couple other characters. Like, I heard that um, Connie Britton from season one, the, the wife, the she may, she was possibly rumored to, like, go to the Japan White Lotus. So that might be something. I don't know. But if I think that'll be interesting to see how they tackle it. I, I think, like Mike White even said, he's like, the first one season was more about, like, money and power. Second one was more about, like, sexual, like, desires and like sexual like sexual transactions and and how that kind of controls some people's lives and now it's like the third one i don't think he really said what it's going to focus on but i it, the thematically this show is fantastic mm. so Har, since um, you're the one who stuck oh okay, good i'm sorry well yeah it just before before we toss it back to hair uh one thing that i i just remembered that i wanted to touch base on um i this this may come off sounding somewhat pretentious and i i promise i do not mean for it to be (laughs) i consider myself a fairly cultured person and i consider myself somewhat intelligent not saying i'm the smartest guy in the room at any point but you know i have a fairly decent understanding of art and stuff like that the thing that drove me nuts about season two or one of the things is the constant shots of like paintings and statues and uh, you know whatever symbolism is tied to madame butterfly the uh the opera that they went to see yeah like all of that stuff just went over my head and it yeah it wasn't it wasn't used sparingly it was used often and it's like that that to me comes off as pretentious because again you know i i feel like i have some understanding of some of this stuff and all of it went right over my head so i'm wondering how many other people 
were in on whatever foreshadowing they were trying to allude to. And it's like, if you want to have some of that in there, by all means, like as little Easter eggs for whoever, but like, it just, it was nonstop in this season. And I, uh, it, it kind of started getting me angry <laughs> and I wasn't getting angry because it, I couldn't understand it. It was just, I was getting angry because it's like you're showing this stuff over and over and over again. And it's not even like the same painting, the same statues. I mean, yeah, you know, they they do show the, yeah. um, the of set too. of uh, yeah uh, heads and because they, they they explain that in the beginning. But uh, but it was just over and over again. And, then, and it got very tiresome for me. So I don't know. Just want to throw that out there. Harry, your takes on yeah. season two. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think season one is the superior season. I, I think season two has the tendency to, like I said, this made my uh, favorite as of, uh, of last year. Um, and I think it was out earlier in the year. I want to say like maybe March or something. Um, and it, you know, it stuck around with me and I think I caught it over the summer. Um, and I think the second season came to like, hey, Mike, what a great show you have here. Uh, write another one. Um, so I wonder if there was a little bit of, you know, he probably, I'm not saying waited a long time to do his first script and I'm sure he has ideas, but I feel like this one could have used maybe another year in the can of, of reworking and working some things to help. Hey, we got a success. Let's, yeah, let's get going on it. Exactly. And, um, Mary Bartlett is, as Armand in the first season is definitely a star. Um, as I mentioned, my wife uh, this year was uh, was a big fan of not only uh, uh, Adam DeMarco as Albie, but a big fan of Theo James as uh, as Cameron. Um, not of the person, but as of the uh, of just you know, I guess the looks of Theo James. Eye candy. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, I'm a huge Aubrey Plaza and Haley Lou Richardson fan. Um, absolutely, uh, wish. I loved Aubrey Plaza uh, and kind of her ability to kind of stretch herself. I feel like Haley Lou was a little bit underused. I would have, I don't know if I, maybe I would have liked to have seen her as a different character. Um, I would follow Lucia into whatever battles she wants to, to run. I would happily give her 50, 50 grand. So um, whatever she needs, uh, she's a queen. Um, and w a surprise character for me was Daphne, um, who is Theo James's wife, uh, played by Megan Fahey. I thought she really had a lot of key moments um, in the in the show and um, really, really stole some scenes away uh, for me um, in regards to that. So um, I, I would say I, I was I was probably maybe a little bit higher than you guys were on season two. Um, maybe that's because I was watching a little bit more week to week. Um, because I feel sometimes as though I, I don't know if this is a binge worthy show, in my opinion. Um, I think the first season works really well, but the second season, I think it, it really, I think what I really enjoyed about the show was talking with my wife, um, you know, about, Hey, what, what's going to happen to, you know, with the next episode. And I'm not saying you guys sat there and watched eight episodes. I'm sure you guys did the same where it's like, where's this going to go? Um, but, uh, you know, and also this, they both start off with kind of murder mysteries with like a body in the water um, or a body. Um, so I would be interested to see what they do with the third season with that. Um, but, yeah, I'm totally, totally in on this um, as well. But, you know, similar to Greg, you know, if they run a similar ship, I might uh, I might be out on it um, in regards to it. Dude, if season three starts with a dead body again, 
who is ever going to want to stay at the White Lotus? Yeah, listen. I know. I mean, their track you know, record is like really weird. You can't you can't help what people do on in their spare time at your resort, you know. So it just so happens the bodies end up on their shores. So um, I don't I'll, know, man. I don't hear about any incidents happening at Sandals every year. Well, take a deeper look. Let's open the books. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, though, one thing I did want to mention is similar to what Greg was saying. I would like to see more of the utilization of the of the crew at these White Lotuses, um, whether it's, you know, their day to day or their lives. Um, I guess Lucia kind of works that way is like maybe she, you know, there could have been a case where maybe she works at the White Lotus as well. Um, and Mia ends up kind of working there. So I would like to see a little bit more focus on the actual people who live uh where these these uh these individuals are visiting these rich white people mostly are visiting the uh, the head manager in season two like i i liked her and her storyline but yeah. they're just they didn't give us a underutilized with it. yeah 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 valentina yeah. so is it's who you're like thinking of yeah valentina yes thank you um mm -hmm. but yeah it's like you know i can i can and i imagine most people can um sympathize and empathize more with service workers uh in in this situation than privileged people spending you yeah. know an arm and a leg to us which i'm sure is a pittance to them uh to soak in the ambiance at this ultra luxe <laughs> hotel for sure so yeah it, it just it makes sense narratively to to follow um the more down-to-earth people. <laughs> there you go. Ra Rocco. How many times should she have Rocco. Yeah. Poor Rocco. Rocco. <laughs> Listen, we've all, we've all known a Rocco where it's like, Rocco, what are you doing today? <laughs> Dude, I'm back at the front desk. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh. um, all right. Well, that brings our <laughs> winter watch list uh, to a close. I know it was a lot of content. We appreciate you all for hanging in here. Uh, hands anything for the piece before we go? Nope. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. <Should> Sweet. <laughs> um, no, just uh, yeah. Let us. Thanks for listening. Well, happy New Year. Let us know what you're look looking forward to for 2023. I'm sure we're gonna start looking at uh, some discussing some of the things we're looking forward to. Um, but you know, we got that Ant Man coming out in a, in a month, and then Jeez, it Louise. kicks off. It, it kicks off the summer movie season. It seems in February, so it just gets earlier and earlier. Um, and go watch Avatar. Well, I mean, for another, it's sixty five uh, degrees times. outside, so sure. I know. Why not? At, at that point, the summer is going to start July first. So, uh uh, Hair, anything for the peeps? Thanks for listening. I hope we uh, let you guys in on uh, something maybe you wanted to check out, and uh, you know, or something that you weren't thinking about that we uh, we've now suggested for you. Happy New Year! Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Absolutely, everybody, bless up, stay safe, be good, love lots, make sure you always live spicy, spicy. Thank you.